This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. People say you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not having fun doing it, you're gonna give up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John. And this episode's guest honestly doesn't really need any introduction, but it is... Longtime friend, fellow co-host of this show, Mr. Daniel Terry of DFT's Dungeon, formerly of Discography Discussion. Um, this was a fun chat, uh, and coincidentally enough, he must have heard his ears ringing. Um, I am currently live on on Instagram recording this uh, intro, but this is an interesting, interesting episode. Um, it's always fun when you get to talk to fellow podcasters. Obviously, last episode was with uh, Lord Nelson, who has his own podcast. And it's, uh, it's interesting when you, when you kind of do these with friends, um, you know, Dan, Dan and I have known each other for a while and we've actually gone through a lot of different things, a lot of life moments. Um, some of them on the podcast, some of them in private and getting him on the show and just kind of having a conversation as, as kind of we normally would do, um, for the show, I think is really interesting it's one of the things that i love about the medium because it's it's sort of different when you are a guest on a podcast when you do a podcast because you just kind of you know how to sort of take over and, and and be the host and sometimes not being the host is weird uh and taking a back seat and just kind of letting things happen and i feel there is a little bit of of that learning curve uh for dan recently uh as i'm going to recording this his episode of pure pleasure just came out and it's uh it's it is funny at the end of it they they both Dewey and and uh, Dan joked about how I can turn the smallest thing into something and make it even more bigger than it seems. And it is one of those things to me um you know as I kind of hit on previously in the last episode where you know thinking about a lot of the relationships uh that I've kind of let fall by the wayside uh just due to other people not putting in their own side of things. Uh, just kind of, it's more of a take, take, take. And all I'm doing is giving and getting nothing back to think about 
the friendship and relationship that Dan and I have formed literally out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, if you listen to the Pure Pleasure podcast episode, Dan kind of makes a comment about how, you know, he kind of figured out, you know, we were putting out the same episodes with the same people at the same time. And his approach, instead of being, you know, upset or whatever, was to be more like, all right, let's let's be friends with this person, kind of see see who this person is and what they're about. And it's funny how organically the relationship happens. Um, you know, like I said in the the chat with Lord Nelson uh, in the intro, you know, I was talking about how you don't really as adults have the opportunities to meet new people and, and make new friends so easily. It's it's not like being in grade school where something as simple as clothing or whatever allows you to have the the thing to go and talk to someone and, and start a new relationship and, and see where it goes. Um, so for two people in their thirties who are, you know, starting this podcast journey themselves individually kind of merging, you know, we, we kind of found a way to help each other. You know, Dan kind of gave me more, I guess, confidence, uh, to, to do what I do. Uh, you know, he kind of would constantly be like, Oh, this is really cool. When you, when you talked about X, Y, or Z, cause he would listen to the episodes before anybody else. And they kind of gave me a confidence I didn't know I, I had in myself at the time. But I also think it gave Dan sort of the same thing. Um, I think when I look back on the relationship we have, it's it's funny how we have both learned to be better versions of ourselves now versus the few years that we've known each other. And it wouldn't have happened had it not been for us starting podcasts for our own various reasons. And when you kind of think about life like that, when you think about how something as insignificant as, well, I'm going to do a podcast and, and here's what I hope to do, or here's, you know, no one, no one knows where this journey is going to go. I know a hundred percent Dan never fucking thought that like, you know, oh, I'm going to talk to someone from Hostfall, or I'm going to talk to these people, or I'm going to meet and do these things. Um, same with myself. I, I definitely did not have any of those aspirations, but you know, here we are almost six years later, 400 episodes almost later. And it's still a thing that the journey isn't complete. Uh, if anything, I feel like it's it's just kind of starting. It, it's kind of a different journey. And Dan has gone through that metamorphosis with DFT's Dungeon, uh, literally about rediscovering music, rediscovering the passion he has for albums that have changed his life, or even just kind of been the soundtrack to different facets of his life. And... I think what's interesting about that is the fact that I think a lot of us do that. You know, we, I think there just gets to a certain point in our life. We, we stop kind of consuming new things. We just kind of exist in this stagnant era of what's comfortable, comfort food, comfort movies, comfort, comfort. It's just comfortable. Um, but we don't grow when we're comfortable. We grow when we are pushed out of our comfort zones and to see Dan give up something that was comfortable and was successful uh, in a multitude of fashions between his actual job, between the podcast and everything, his life um, has kind of inspired me to kind of do things differently and kind of push myself out of my own comfort zones. And I think that's, uh, that's what good friendships are for. That's what good, healthy relationships do. They, they challenge us. Um, so without further ado, I don't want to challenge your time listening to me blab before the intro. This is my conversation with Daniel Terry. I'll talk to you on the other side of it.
so it's uh it's kind of funny doing this after the fact of having me been on your show already because uh, <laughs> the goal initially was to kind of release these things kind of uh coinciding but that's just how podcast goes where uh you know someone gets covid and the other person doesn't <laughs> yeah sorry about that i uh i didn't mean to i i tried very hard not to get covid but uh, you know, here we are. Actually, to be honest with you, it wasn't even on my mind. Like, we literally took my kid in for an ear infection uh, like a week ago because she'd had an ear infection the week before. And so, like, we went to the doctor. The doctor prescribed antibiotics. Uh, she took all the antibiotics. And then she was still complaining that her head hurt and her ear hurt. And so she, like, laid down and slept for, like, eight hours uh, one day. And so it's like, okay, this kid is sick. We're taking her back to the doctor that she must not have an ear infection. So, uh, the doctor checks the, checks her ears and she's like, yeah, I mean, your ears seem fine. Um, you know, I'm, but let's, let's check her for strep throat or, and, and COVID. So they checked her for strep throat and COVID and sure as hell she had COVID. So <laughs> then, uh, then, then we all did. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like we're at the point with COVID where I've seen people be like, I, I didn't get it this whole time and now I got it. And you're like, Fuck, I think I'd rather just get it in the beginning and be done with it than to like have gone two plus years and then be like, I finally got it. <laughs> well, it was more like, I mean, because I got I had it in 2021 also. Uh, and so this was like our second go around. And it's funny because when I told people that I had COVID, they were like, they were like, oh, okay, well, it's going to be like really, they're like, you're vaxxed, right? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, they're like, oh, okay, it's going to be like real mild. And dude, it was not. Like, I remember texting <laughs> you being like, I feel like my brain is on fire right now. <laughs> like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a little baby, but man, it, it, yeah, it absolutely beat the crap out of me. Well, it's funny because like I was talking to Fox from CNX Tuesday because they had just played their first show back. And he was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't respond to this text. I have had COVID like the last couple of days and it hurts, hurts to look at a screen. And then I was like, I wish I could tell you that like I've been there and it sucks. But like when I got it, I have no symptoms. So like I straight up do not know what it's like to have COVID. Um, I'm one of those lucky people that just was asymptomatic the whole time. Which then everyone, then you're in the boat where everyone's like, no, no, fuck you. You, you don't know. And you're like. No, you're right. I don't. I got all the perks of it where I got like a month off of work paid <laughs> and I wasn't sick at all. Well, it's not exactly a popularity contest yep. either. Did you like, mute yourself? Huh? Why don't I hear you? I don't know. Why don't you hear me, John? Uh -oh. what I can hear you. What did, what, did, what did the internet do? Let's try this again. Now I, I hear know. you. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you messed up. That's why this isn't live. <laughs> um, but no, it, yeah, it's it's not exactly a popularity contest, either, <laughs> uh, you know, of like, oh, I'm dead, you know, like, dude, like if you're if you're so pathetic that you're like that your 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 claim to manliness or or whatever is is that you had COVID and you were like really sick, like that's rough, man. I, I don't know what it'd be like to live like that. Well, it's funny actually. Earlier tonight, we were talking. Uh, my wife and a friend of ours. And I were talking about how people who usually say they are something are not that thing. And I was <laughs> right. like, unless you're an asshole, 
I'm an asshole, but I'm also an asshole. <laughs> most people are most people are willing to be like, oh, okay, well, he's honest though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's it's kind of funny because like I feel like we're at the point now with with everything where it feels like everything's kind of gone back to normal. Like you don't got to wear masks on planes. You don't got to wear masks anywhere for the most part. And I mean, seemingly, you know, depending on who you ask, everyone's like, well, it was all a lie. And you're like, well, I don't think that's <laughs> I, I don't think that's the narrative that is being pushed right now. But it's uh, it's funny because like doing the podcast, I realize I've had a couple of people where I've talked to and like I'm trying to frame something based on like an experience I've had. And I, I just literally collectively forget that we all have like lost two years. Or like we really didn't do anything. Everyone just kind of collectively lost two years. And so like when I'll be like, yeah, you know, like three years ago something. And I go, actually, no, wait, sorry. We lost two years. So it's probably like four or five since this right, happened. Right, right. And it's really weird to kind of almost collectively have the same amnesia of sorts where you're like, we all went through the same thing where we all just kind of lost this, this determined, this indiscriminate amount of time. And it's weird because like, because you did nothing, you don't really feel like that time even passed. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely passed for me. I, I worked (laughs) through all of it, you know? And so that was kind of one of those things where like I worked actually in like working on actual like breathing machines and stuff. So like COVID was very real uh, for us, you know, with what we were doing, like increased workload that we had, we had, um, we had companies and even just people and companies were like buying up all these like ventilators and oxygen concentrators and stuff. And they were sending them to us to be like, if you can fix it at all, like that'd be great. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like let's just try to get as much as we can. So like we were, we were pretty busy. I know like beginning of COVID, I was still doing uh, this show with you. Uh, and I think by the end of it, I wasn't anymore. And because uh, that's my <laughs> that's my mo now, just quitting shows left and right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, but yeah, it is it is kind of wild thinking about that because there's a lot of the time. I mean, there is some credit to what you're saying though, because like there's times where I'll be all like, oh yeah, uh, me and John interviewed that person. Oh, three and a half years ago, you know, like it's like whoa, okay, wow, um. Is it has it really been that long? Because it's to me, it feels like it feels like the last interview I did with you, which was I think was Tatiana from Ginger. I think was the last one that I did. Well, and yeah. uh, um, I, I probably did some like intros and outro episodes after that, but that was the last interview that I was on. And um, that I mean, to me, it feels like that was just like three or four months ago. It's weird when you do a podcast, <clears throat> and I've said this before because like. It's sort of the question I've been asking a lot of people on the show because it, it's it's really doing this is what made me realize it where, you know, we'll get the media links to records two, three, four months sometimes before the record comes out. Yeah. And it becomes this thing where, like, you become so dis- disattached, disassociated from the actual release of an album because you've had it. And then you're moving on to the next thing you're listening to, whatever, and you're getting in your in- inbox that then it becomes this whole thing of like, you're so far removed from everyone being like, Oh my God, this record's finally out. Oh my God. How about this song? How about this song? And you're like, 
why are you freaking out about this? This has been out for like six, like four months, five months. Yeah. And then you yeah. go, oh, no, 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 no. This I've had this for, for this long. You you are just getting this experience. And it was the first time I realized that artists kind of go through this thing because we go through it on such a microcosm level of this where it's like we get something, we're enamored with it for for a very brief amount of time, and then we move on because of the nature of the of how this you know side of things works. But imagine being a band, an artist, where it's like the things you're experiencing on tour are what informs the demos you're starting to write. And then, you know, you go into a a recording studio, flesh out everything, write a record. And then it's maybe six months to a year before the fans hear it. So you're you're by the time you're ready to promote the new thing, you're two years removed from the experiences that led you to these these songs and forth. And you've already worked your way through them. But then you have to go backwards and remember those things that informed all of that because people are now asking you about it. Like it's, it's new and it's in real time and it's, it's a hundred percent not. And it's really weird to kind of exist in that same level where you exist now because you're currently doing something like we are recording this, but potentially by the time people are hearing it a month, maybe two, three, depending on how, how backlogged we all are with, with content, we're having to kind of go back in time too and be like, Oh, this is a fun chat and, and, and remembering where you were and what was going on. Yeah. And that informed what you were talking about. And it's like, it's really weird. Cause I don't think, I don't think people exist in that plane of thinking uh, or existing like we do. Yeah. It's definitely weird. You know, like, cause I remember like when I just dropped that episode uh, with you and I talking about crisis and we didn't do it that long ago, but like when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, sorry, I'm still a little congested. No worries. <laughs> when I go back and listen to it, it's very like, I'm like, we cl- I clearly recorded this right after my third episode, <laughs> and like I didn't, I didn't end up dropping it until until episode seven, right? And so it was, it was kind of, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, like. Uh, the thing that I hate the most about podcasting is like, I'm the kind of guy that as soon as I'm done making something and I've always been this way, like when I would record, when I would record my own voice, I used to record myself talking for hours in like this, like hand, like uh recorder. And, um, I would just, just the go talk back. away I, from home alone. Yeah, it was, it, it was exactly that. Except mine had a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It was power Rangers themed. Um, but what I thought was interesting about it is that, like I would just go I would like finish recording myself telling a story, right? <laughs> and then I would and then I would I would run into my living room and I would show it to my mom immediately. Right? And and you know, I'm sure she loved that and looked forward to it every time. That's why she doesn't listen to your podcast now. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um but no, like it is it is kind of funny how that how that works because like for me, I'm excited about things like while I'm doing them. And so, like, what it what turns out happening with when I'm releasing an episode like that, if I'm holding on to something for weeks, by the time I release it, I'm so over it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 care way more about the the new cool exciting thing that I did the week before that, or a couple days before that, or you know, like, dude, it is agonizing when I finish recording an episode and I and I can't just like release it immediately. I mean, I can, nothing's stopping me, but like, there is. You know, um, you don't want to just just jam content down people's throats, you know, um, 
I say this right after you did like how many episodes in one week? Uh, that was Eight a, in three days. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. But I mean, in in particularly with what with what I'm doing though, is it takes a lot of like. I have to spend a lot of time like going back and like re-recording sections and and doing dumb like sort of because I do I have been doing episodes that are a little bit more just like narration and in that a lot of the times I'll be listening to it I'm just like I don't really like the way I said that so I was like grab the you know go in there and record me saying it over again and then like punching it into where it's supposed to go and all of that good stuff but like it, yeah, it is, and I can only imagine like being in a band like like whenever I was in my first band and we were we we went you know to Pennsylvania and recorded that whole album, and I like listened to it all the way home you know as one does, and um, but man by the time it didn't come out until like two months or three months after that, you know, and so it was like it was like man I like by the time we're like out playing the songs or whatever it's like it's like six months down the road and like I'm up on stage and I'm like we have a brand new album out and uh you know you guys should you guys should go check that out and uh gas money's not free so you know t-shirts are a thing you know and all that and um yeah I'm I'm just always completely over it and so like with what we do it's it can be a little bit like Oh, I just uh, I just recorded this episode, and like on my old podcast, like we kept it a secret, you know, as, as to what we were actually talking about. Um, just like that weird sort of element of surprise, and um, that was that was almost unbearable because that podcast we had like five, we'd have like five or six episodes done in the can, and like I just can't like really talk or be excited about any of them until they're like the, their exact point where they were supposed to come out. I always thought that was an interesting thing about discography discussion is, you know, something I love doing at the end of if as long as I know, like, tentatively what's coming out. I love being like, oh, and then next week, if you enjoy this next week, I have so and so. And, you know, maybe I'll yeah. tease a little bit about what we talked about at the end of that, because I, I mean, it's like anything in entertainment, you like any TV show. Typically, like there's a, a preview of what's to come or a cliffhanger at the end of the thing to right. keep you enticed. And I, I kind of have always been like, yes, I understand the idea of like, don't show your cards because you want people to come back and and, and who knows who is going to be or what it's going to be about. But to me, I'm also like, I'm a fan of podcasts. And like when someone tells me like, like, here's the other thing, <laughs> full transparency. I always think it's funny and I do it, too where it's like you do this intro like the person listening can't fucking see who the guest is from right the- <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah I know. like you're you're doing this like great like secret thing like you're a magician where you're like so on this episode I talked to blah 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 and we <laughs> talked about all these things and then you're like motherfucker they can literally see who it is and then there's a synopsis of what the episode was about like why do we keep these things secret? And like, that was why I was just like, especially when you start incorporating the elements of like Patreons and so forth, it's like, there's no point in like keeping it from your fans. Like if you're excited about something, then they're going to be excited too. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that we, we kind of have missed from a lot of entertainment is like, there's this, I don't want to call it gatekeeping, but I feel like it's this like weird sense of like, I have to keep you on your toes. Cause if I give it away, you're not going to come back. And it's like, you're listening for free. Who the fuck cares if you come back or not? Not everything is going to cater to whatever audience you built. And if it does, then it's, it probably is solely based on you. And I hate to say it like this, and this is probably my pessimistic side of things coming through, but 
I, I'm going to say at least like for my show, this show, I don't think people necessarily listen for me. I, I still think this show exists on the strength of the guest. I think that's what brings people in. I would say there's probably maybe a third of the overall what the episodes do that is based on it being me, but I just, I don't feel like it's me. That is the selling point. I don't think it's ever been that. And maybe it's because I've never looked at this as being a thing where it's the vehicle for me to get myself over and become the, 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 the main focus. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, and that's, that's clever discussion point. Um, because you know, it is one of those, uh, it's one of those situations where I'm in kind of the opposite situation where, you know, we, with you, John, since day one, you're like, I want to talk to people. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I want to get out there. I want to have conversations with people. I want to find out interesting things about them, you know, and find out, like, what their processes are and, and all that stuff. And I was a guy that sat around and drank beer in the basement with my bros and talk and gave my opinions on music and and sometimes like sometimes very like loud you know (laughs) like very strong opinions about things and i think that it was one of those things where when we were talking about bands like there's not an accident that our first episode was metallica because we just thought like people are going to google metallica in podcasts and it's going to come up and uh and it did you know like like 100 percent it did and um but then we would talk about all these different bands and, and all of that. But what we sort of did on discography discussion is we we did, in a lot of ways, make ourselves the selling point, almost more so than the band. And, you know, uh, because it, it stopped becoming about, you know, I feel like the average discography discussion listener was like, they found the podcast through Google searching the name of their favorite band. And then they were like, okay, so these guys are going to talk about every album by my favorite band. And, you know, you're either going to like really enjoy that discussion or you're going to get really super triggered by something that we said uh, that maybe we didn't like the band because that was kind of a big aspect of our show, too, is that that sort of never really nobody really knowing what we were going to say. And I think that's where sort of the, to go back to our previous topic for a second, I think that's where the air of mystery, like why that was there, because, you know, you might hear me say in an episode, you know, oh, man, I hate anthrax. I'm never going to talk about anthrax on a podcast. Right. Uh, and I still haven't, by the way. Um, but the, the whole thing with that is like, OK, so if I announce at the end of an episode that you know, I'm going to do an anthrax episode on the next episode. You're going to immediately know that that episode's going to be negatively focused and you may not tune in. Now I'm not saying that was correct or incorrect. Uh, I'm not really sure how much influence that decision of keeping it a secret. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much of that was like contributed to success or potentially took away from it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just one of those things that's impossible to know. Nobody ever messaged me and said, yo, you should tell me what the next band is going to be uh, and vice versa. You know, um, actually, no, that's not true. We did have a we did have uh, a listener of the show tell us one time that we slipped up on an episode and we revealed uh, what the next one was going to be. And we just must not have caught it, you know, but uh, it was something that we were actually very like conscious of. And uh, hold on just one second. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm mostly recovered. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it was something that we thought about and something that we tried to sort of enforce. And so it was funny that we had done such a good job up to that point of keeping it a secret that the one time that we messed up and said what the next episode was going to be, uh, the, the, the listeners were kind of like, whoa, whoa, what? You know, I can't believe he just said that. Um, but I think that that also, it was largely the appeal of discography discussion was that statement right there is, oh my God, I can't believe he just said that, mm. you know? And so in, in that sense, we very much became the selling point of our own podcast because yeah, we did have guests on and I did do interviews, you know, occasionally and there was a while where I was doing interviews all the time, mostly during COVID when everyone had time uh, to do interviews. But what was fun about that, about discography discussion was that we could sort of just hang out, have our discussion, talk about the band, and then that's it. And then, you know, a year or two into doing the podcast, we start getting emails of people asking us like, hey, you know, I really like you guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. And that was the point where it was like, okay, you want to hear what we have to say about this. And so it definitely – um it sounds egotistical to say like, oh, I'm the selling point of the podcast. But in the case of discography discussion, that's pretty much exactly what it was and, and how, you know, we would get, um, you know, the thing that always scared me about doing an interview podcast was what happens if the next guest isn't as good as the last one, right? Or And, and I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm too much of a coward to worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, like I would just, I would just rather not. And I mean, there's a certain punk rock side of me too. That's just like, well, I wanted to talk to this person. So what, what other justification do I really need? You know, other than that, especially because I was sort of in the, uh, in the case of like, I did, I dropped an episode last week with, with an artist that I like a lot that I think most people probably haven't heard of or, or had heard the record. And that was sort of the entire point of the episode was, you know, I know that if I come on and talk about this record with this person, people might check it out. You know what I mean? Base, you know, more effectively than you know, say this person saying, "Oh, check out this thing that I did." But, uh, but I mean, that's still been kind of a struggle now, even with doing the the Dungeon Podcast, has just been that like this one's really doubling down on me being the selling point. You know, to to the point of like. To the point of like, I even get nervous about it. You know, I was told, I was told by a Patreon subscriber, like, dude, you got to stop apologizing for making content that's different than what we're used to. If we don't want to listen to it, we just won't listen to it. You know, and it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And, um, but there is a certain sense of like, oh, I, I do have those thoughts. It's like, oh, if I could just get a good guest, you know, like I've still got all the connections, you know, that I had from discography discussion. Um, I had somebody ask me the other day, like, dude, why don't you get one of the guys from Zayo on? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I do want to do that. He's like, oh, people would love that. People would check out the podcast. And I'm like, yes, 100% they would. I just want to see how far I can get on my own uh, before I before I start doing that. And um, and I still believe in that. Like, I, I we're probably not going to get any super popular guests uh, in season one. No offense, John. Two- no, no, that's fine. Two two things I'm noticing in that 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 you're saying, you're doing what I do with the show. We, it's just you. 
just like it's just me. And I say on our social, like there I oh, go. Yeah. I, I did it too. Yeah, the royal it's, we. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's you you refer to a collective when it's just an individual, and I it, I haven't figured out if that's a byproduct of wanting to disassociate having complete ownership of something because if it fails, then it then it's literally all on you, or even more so. By saying there's a we, it kind of still gives credence to the idea of if someone doesn't like something, well, that's brutally speaking. That's DFT's dungeon. That's not me that you don't like. It's it's <laughs> the show. It's the thing. And, and by saying we are, you know, whatever adjective you want to put on it, it's st- it still takes ownership of the thing, but it doesn't put it all on you. Or the collective you and I, we, whatever. And it's funny because I know I do that quite a bit. And I always am like, why Why do I say we? Why don't I take ownership of it? It's my show. Like, I, I, it's me. Like, I'm the only one fucking associated with this thing. I'm the one doing all the work. Why don't I want any of the credit for all the work I'm fucking doing? And I think <laughs> it's because they're the other side of things where either A – we have become so conditioned to not want to seek the full attention of something because it's, or I'll at least put it on me because it's, I'm not the selling point of the show. I don't think I, I do know that like I, I, the way the show has become over the last like year and year and a half or so, I know that I'm probably equally a selling or a, a non selling point to people, depending on where you fall on, on, how you feel about the show and myself, but it's weird that I still six years in don't really take ownership of that. There, It's just me doing all the editing, all the putting together of things, it, literally everything. And I refer to it as a we or an R and it's weird because I don't know why I do that. And I've been trying to figure out where that, where that comes from and why, why I say that. And I've noticed it in you because, like, as you just said, like you you even said we or if, if you know, we don't put out an episode or if we don't and you're still <laughs> and I understand because you're coming from a collection of you and at least one other person. Right. So I understand from your perspective why you would do that. But I think it's also interesting because, as you said, discography discussion was really kind of predicated on the idea of it being. Yes, we're talking about a, a, a bigger idea, a bigger concept that everyone knows about, but we are discussing this thing. And if you like the show, it's not really about the band. It's really about us and whether you identify with us, you know, being you, Joe, Jeff, myself, uh, Buddy. I think Buddy was on there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. John, I think, for a little, a couple episodes and so forth. And it, it's just kind of weird because it's, it just becomes this – interesting idea that we do something so insular but we also approach it from a perspective of a collective even if it's not and i think that's so weird because i don't i can't really think of anything else that is like that like typically if you write something like if you write a book you're not calling it a we you're not calling it a a collective of anything you're like that is me i wrote this fucking book (laughs) like everyone takes ownership of what they do i think it I think that the reason I'm still referring to the dungeon podcast as a we is I still sort of 
think of it as a collective. Like, yeah, it's DFT's dungeon, right? Like, so it's obviously like my thing, but at the same time, it's still very. Um, and this is something that I've I've been trying to reinforce since since I put out the first episode of it, which was that yes, this is going to be different. Format is changing. You know, things are not going to be just straight like hot takes and and oh, this is this band and and you know we're going to talk about whether I liked it or not or or this or that, you know. But I consider it a collective because I do still, in, in at least the way I view it, is I still have a team, uh, in the sense of like I mean like Buddy, um, like Buddy and Josiah, they uh, they sort of handle like everything on the Discord server. It was something that I you know I'm pretty hands off on. Like I talk on that, I talk on the server, and I do things on the server, but I don't like. I'm not really involved in like the day-to-day sort of sort of server maintenance and and all of that stuff that goes into it. Um, sometimes, whenever you see a social media post made uh, from the podcast, it's not me posting it, you know. And so I've got like I've got like a collective of like of like Buddy and um, and uh, you, John. I mean, I I, I I I lean on you a lot on a lot of this stuff. Like, you don't post things for me or whatever, but like you're sort of there to be like my head trust of like, Hey, I've got this idea, you know, let me run it by you. So it's like, I've got you, I've got buddy, I've got Jeff, uh, you know, Jeff being much more involved than I think people realize, you know, and then I've got, you know, like Brian Patton from as the story grows. And I've, I've got, you know, uh, rants, you know, uh, quarantine book club. And so like, I've got, and I've got Mike, uh, Mike Tygo, who was, who was going to be the third co-host of discography discussion, you know, um, I've got all of these guys sort of in play helping me do this. So I guess in a lot of ways, I do still think of it as a we. Like, yeah, I host the podcast and I edit the episodes and, and you know, I write the scripts and I do that sort of stuff. So um, I think that the we is still valid uh, in, in a lot of ways because there's no way I can I could actually do all of this stuff myself. Like if I didn't have if I didn't have you guys in my corner rooting for me, saying no do you because you remember like when i sat down like sat down to do that first episode and i was like i don't know how to edit a podcast i don't know how to do this you know i don't know how to i don't know how to put the words together or you know uh whenever i sat down to to do my solo episode i was like i don't you know do i write something and then read it or do i you know because everything that everything that i've done up to this point has been predicated on talking to someone else and I still do that a lot because I still I thrive in that environment of of back and forth discussion like we're doing um but when it comes to all that solo stuff it's like yeah I might be the focus I might be the one getting all the credit but there's no way I would have gotten to that point or been able to do that stuff just all solely on my own you know Although on the flip side of that, if everything crashes and burns, I will 100% be the one that has to take all of the flack for it, <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, that is part of the reason why you know I put my name in the podcast too, so that I don't disassociate myself to it or from it as much. Because um, I feel like I feel like with discography discussion, I did sort of disassociate my true self from it, uh, especially towards the end there. Where it was like I'm going to clock in and do this job, <laughs> you know, uh, that I that I have to do every week, and I have to do it because I have to do it because of reasons, you know. And it, it was definitely like, in that case, it was sort of more of a disassociative we, 
Whereas with this, it's like I, I kind of like keep in focus, like my name's on the box. You know what I mean? Like it's on the right. tin. And, um, you know, I mean, granted, the only thing that could be more obvious if I called it Dan Terry's Dungeon, you know, like, but then the, but then people would be like, oh, wait, is, did he mean to start an OnlyFans? But he, he accidentally <laughs> launched it as a podcast. But, um, but no, I still very much consider everything I do on the Dungeon podcast to be sort of a group effort, you know, especially with the people that we've had on. Like, like I had you on where, you know, it was so great to be able to sit there and talk about Crisis. Um, in a very cool way, but you know, one of the things that people pointed out is they were like, "Man, they're like John just really got into it on that one. Like, we just just jumped in immediately and was like, yeah. So this is how this song makes me feel. Like, as far as you know, growing, you know, and I was like, yeah, there's a reason for that because John understood like what this podcast was from the very beginning. You know, like like he was sort of sort of with me the entire time. I was like brainstorming of like how can how can we do kind of like what we did before, but do it with like more heart, I guess. You know, and that uh, and that really really shows. You know, on that on that episode. Whereas if I'm pulling somebody in that's not part of the team, it might take them a little while to get sort of warmed up to like what we're doing because. You know, especially guys in bands are used to a, a, a podcast interview, which is like, what got you into music? When did you buy your first guitar? When did you do this? When did you do that? When did you do this? And it's like, yeah, uh, it's not that I'm not interested in that stuff. It's just that uh, I, I would rather hear like what sort of like major obstacle you overcame in order to achieve your dream or to achieve your goal. You know, I think. The thing that was interesting to me about doing the show and being on so early versus when I was on discography discussion is like discography discussion at the time, I I think was a thing. Like there was obviously a formula, but also it was kind of the wild, wild west at the time of when I did like the Asley Dying episode with you. Cause like you'd listen to some episodes some people would focus on A, some people would focus on B, some people would focus on C, some people would do A and C, some people would do B and D, some people would do A, B and C, but not do D or whatever. Right, and so right. it was kind of hard to figure out like what is discography discussion in if like it was a three tiered movie, like a three, uh, a three, uh, three act movie. No three acts were ever the same like there were pieces kind of strewn about, but it was never like, here's the formula. And so like, to me, like where I'm coming in going like, okay, like let's talk about the artwork. Let's talk about how like a underground metal legend in Jacob Bannon is doing and kind of co-signing basically this band at such a young age and such a young part of their career that I think it helps put them on a bigger platform for the underground. And then you guys are like, yeah, but like that has nothing to do with the music. And I'm like, Oh, oh, oh fuck. All right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think that's an interesting talking point, but right, fuck me, I guess. And so it's like, because I've heard other people talk about the artwork. I've heard other people talk about things in correlation to a band. And so like, I'm coming in going like, fuck, because you had, I think at that point when I came in, it was like over a hundred and something episodes. It's like, I have a few different instances of what the show was from my perspective versus kind of what it is. And I think like I was trying too hard to, to fit into what I thought the show was versus what it, it just could have been if I just would have kind of been along a for the ride. And I think like, even to me, I think I had even said to you again, kind of imposter syndrome shit going on where I was like, you know, I heard mainly the episode with you and Jeff. Cause like, you know, it's funny 
I sent an episode I just did with uh, Lord Nelson uh, from Stuck Mojo to Scott Bowling because he he's the one that put us in touch. And I think if you are in this podcast game, if someone's kind of put you in touch with someone or you're kind of proud of an episode and you're like, what do you think? I think this is kind of cool. It's kind of fun just to bounce ideas and kind of get someone else's reaction to something. And so I sent it to Scott and then like he shared like the, the opening part of it where we talked about, you know, like it's interesting to me when you meet, cause it's something I've been thinking a lot about where it's like, it's interesting when you meet someone through somebody else and your only frame or the only connection you have is that person. And so you start looking at that person. So like to me, I said in the episode, Scott is what I think is the living embodiment of Southern hospitality. He will put you before himself and just will do anything to help you to, to, to make you happy, whatever. And that's so unlike most people I know in my life. Um, I mean, for the most part. Um, but it was one of those where I was like, so talking to, to Nelson, I was trying to be like, okay, like what parts of Scott that I like and I know are going to come out in you? Like, can I find those same qualities that I like about Scott and you? Because he's the middle ground between the two of us. I kind of think I know what Scott likes about me, which is more of like, I am who I am. I'm, I, I, kind of shoot from the hip and all that kind of stuff. So in my head, when I'm talking to Nelson, I'm like, okay, I feel like there's going to be kind of be like that, just super hospitable, easy to talk to Scott bowling side of things. But then there's probably going to be the part of me where it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're a straight shooter. You, you kind of tell it like it is. Let's see if basically that idea in my head is, is kind of what actually comes out of our conversation. And I mean, it did, but it's kind of something, like I said, it's something I've been working through where I'm like, when you have a mutual connection with someone, how does that, how does that person that is a mutual connect come through in the new relationship you're building with somebody else? And to me, when I hear, you know, your episode of, of the new show with Jeff, I'm like, Again, it's it's more history you have with Jeff than with me, and you guys have such a deeper connection collectively with that record, you know, that you talked about with the contortionist record, more so than than you and I do with Crisis. So, like, I'm like sitting there going, like, shit, am I about to set myself up for another Esley dying <laughs> thing? Where I'm trying to talk about something that's not as focused as it seems like the other episodes are. But then I'm also kind of wrestling with that going, the show's still new. The show is kind of whatever, but really the, the crux of the show, the through line of everything is that we all have this deeper connection to an album and how we parlay it into our everyday life and how we parlay it into relationships we have with others who have listened to the same music. And to me, once I kind of thought that way, I knew we were going to be fine. It was just a matter of, I mean, it's me, so I'm not going to have a problem with getting real and honest about something. But it was a matter of, did I want to, was I willing to go there? Because at times, I've not been rewarded for my sincerity and honesty for what I put out there on the show. Uh, it's actually come back to bite me in the ass, not bite me in the ass, I should say, but more it's come back to bite me in a negative way where it makes me not want to share things with my, about my personal life because people have used it kind of against me. And so in that regard, that's kind of where I was like, I, and and I think it's sort of what we all wrestle with in the podcast medium is just being our, our authentic selves and not editing it. You know, something 
where you and I differ. And, you know, and I was trying to tell you this with the new show where I was like, I wouldn't edit it, man. Like I would just kind of let it be because that's something Dewey had really taught me was that like, when you have a conversation with someone, when you're, when you're talking to someone like we are right now, I like, even if I cut out the last like four minutes of me talking, you know, it was there. So if I cut it out, it takes away from the experience that we, you and I are actually having and you can't go back and just edit your life the way you think it sounds the best. <laughs> and when he kind of had said that to me, it really kind of made me appreciate, I think, the podcast medium for what I think it really represents, which is just honestly being raw, vulnerable and in the moment of what you're doing. And I think that's where this medium is super successful. And I think that's what makes your show really interesting is that it kind of gets to that point a hell of a lot faster than trying to do a a conversation with somebody. Or if you have a deeper connection to a specific record, but there's 10 records and you really only identify from record five on, you're sort of kind of bullshitting your way through to get to the the meat and potatoes of what you really want to talk about. And I feel like doing discography discussion with you guys, there were times that I felt that way where it'd be like, I don't like this band. I don't like this band. I don't like this band. This record is really fucking cool. And I can't wait to talk about it, but I have five other records that I don't give a fuck about to get to the one that I want to talk about. That meant something to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was, that was sort of part of the burnout aspect for me. It's like, I love music. And I can put up with a lot, uh, obviously, um, <laughs> but it, it is it, it does the thing. The thing that bothered me about how we did that show was that it's not indicative of how people actually encounter music. Hell no, you know, like it's. I mean, and it was that way for me a little bit. Like, like that that whole idea of like, oh my god, I like this band or I like this record. I want to hear everything you've ever done. I think that's a that is kind of a pure feeling like if you're if you're a music nerd you know uh like you know the first time i heard iron maiden i went to the i went to the uh i went to the uh cd store garbage (laughs) can yeah yeah get them all out of there i I like iron maiden this week (laughs) i know i threw them away last week i never take my garbage out anyway uh no like but the first time i heard iron maiden i went and bought like three or four iron maiden albums you know, uh, it was the same with Metallica. The first time I heard Metallica, I had had every, I had to have every record that that existed to that point. So, like that was something that was unique to me, like something that I do that maybe other people don't do. Um, but like, you know, you get you fast forward five years, you know, from the first time you talked about Metallica with your buddies, and it's like, okay, who's on the docket this week? Okay, uh, it's it's Morbid Creed. Angel. Okay, let's talk about every Creed album, right? And and I, I, you know, I like one or two Creed songs and that's it. And, and so it's like, I'm going to listen to all this and, you know, especially when a band like sort of embodies everything that you don't like about a kind of music or, or something like that. And, uh, but like, we sort of like, we got away with it for as long as we did because like, again, we were sort of the selling point and people actually enjoyed hearing us be negative more than they enjoyed hearing us be positive because that's 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 just the type of entertainment that's easier to make. You know? Uh, it really is. Just go for the jugular. Just say something extreme, you know? And, like, you know, and, and, and I'll still say to this day, it's not that the things that we said on the show weren't actually my opinion, uh, but they may have been, like, an exaggerated 
you know, version of my opinion, you know, like getting so mad and shouting about things and, and, and all of that. And, you know, kind of going back to what you said about like how to capture being authentically you, um, there were times on discography discussion where I could capture that, you know, but a lot of the times it was like, I could only capture it in a very limited capacity or I couldn't go everywhere I wanted to go with it because then the show would be too long, AKA see the as a lay dying episode. Uh, you know, it is it is one of those things where I you know I sort of had to act a certain way in order to get through it. Um, and I think that you know to your, to your point about editing, I mean I heavily edit stuff because I'm not always confident in my ability to deliver things the way that I want to deliver them the first time. And so like I think I think to the level that I edit some of these shows, like I was just telling you before we recorded how like. I'll record something like in my hopes fall episode, there was like this sort of like really emotional moment uh, in that episode where I'm talking about like dancing with my wife for the first time at our wedding. And um, the original draft of that, I like just, I spoke it. I, I was, cause I was like tired. It was late at night cause I do a lot of my recording late at night. And so, uh, you know, I'm sitting there like in the dark in front of my computer screen and I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, and then we looked at each other and, you know, it was really <laughs> magical and it was really good or whatever, you know. So, like, two days later, I'm doing the edit, you know, and I get to that part and I was like, well, that's not convincing at all. Like, it doesn't sound <laughs> like, 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 it sounds like I care as much about getting married as I cared about, like, picking up my laundry that day. You know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't hit at all. So, but, like, what I like about what I'm doing now uh, is I can I can just sit down and, and I can hit record and I can I can redo that part and make yeah. it make it what it should be, uh, and I could I didn't have the I didn't have the power to do that on discography discussion, you know like I could ask I could ask Joe to edit things out and he could like edit things out and like spot check content but like he's not going to be able to fix my tone, right? <laughs> you know what I mean like like in the edit so it's like. Um, it, you know, it, so it turned into this sort of thing where it's like, we didn't do that podcast live. I mean, discography discussion was heavily edited and, and heavily sort of, sort of put together, you know? Um, and, but what I didn't like about it was that like, you'd, you'd sit there and you have like two hours to record something, right? Like you have like a two hour window and you had to just sort of say everything you were going to say about that band. And then you had to sum it up at the end with a final thought. You know, and it was just like it was so much. It was like writing a book report, but you're making it up as you're presenting it, right? Like you read the book. It's obvious you, it's obvious that you read the book. Uh, but you know, there are times where, you know, you're going to stumble. You're going to say things the wrong way, and it also just so happens that the book report that you're giving is on like three of the people in the classroom's favorite book of all time. And if you and if you get anything wrong about it you know then you you sort of have to deal with the consequences of of getting things wrong when you have nerds involved and i'm a nerd so i totally get it like a lot of the times we'd get like negative comments and feedbacks or whatever and a lot of the times i'd be like yeah kind of right though right like when i would because i'd be like i totally understand why they feel that way and like i messed this up and i wish i hadn't but you know again once i'm done talking I sort of don't have any real control. So like, I think the reason why I'm so sort of anal retentive about getting everything right is on half the episodes, I'm the only one talking. Right. So with that, it's like, 
having that sort of mindset of being like, okay, I want to deliver this, but I also want it to hit a specific way. But now it doesn't have to be like some sort of weird, like practiced performance art. I can just, I can just stop recording and I can go back 30 seconds and I can record again and I can make it sound the way that I think that it should sound. And so I think it'll, it'll be a while before I necessarily open up, you know, um, before I, before I just like try to do it raw again, you know, um, because I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm very attached to my, to my, to my tools and my toys and my things that, that make a podcast sound good. And, um, that was, I mean, that was my biggest fear when I started the new one, that it was not going to sound as good, you know, or that it was not going <clears> to, <throat> that it was not going to, you know, be of the same caliber, the same quality, you know, like I, I didn't want this to be like a guy leaves popular band and starts his weird funk side project, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of that, but <laughs> I mean, it it sort of is. But I mean, like, I think it's so. It's it's funny in a couple of different ways because I feel like it's hard not to kind of talk about the end of discography discussion for you as it correlates kind of to the end of my time on the show and your your end of being on this show as a co-host because i feel like they're so symbiotic in in the way that we came to the same conclusion of, of just kind of splitting amicably but also the growth we kind of have learned about ourselves in being separate from one another and i guess the best way to kind of articulate that is like you know i'll say for me, discography discussion when I joined and, you know, and this is going to be like way inside baseball for a lot of people, which I think is good because I, we joke, we joked the whole fucking time when we were like, hey, this isn't working in either capacity. I think we need to like kind of go our separate ways, not because yeah. we're mad at each other or anything, but we even said like, I think this is just going to be better for everybody if we just kind of go our separate ways and do our own shows. And we were both like, what's the narrative going to be about why we don't like each other? <laughs> right, and, I know. And so it became this thing where when I really think back to me leaving discography discussion, I think was really the beginning of me not only in, in this capacity of doing a show, but I'll say in my personal life of me realizing that I'm not putting the emphasis on my marriage, that I'm doing way too much to, to, to make this show be successful, to make discography, to be what I knew you needed for discography discussion because the show kind of, as it was explained and just, I think everyone who knows, like it needs to be three uh, to have the dynamic that makes discography discussion work so well. It needs to have one point, another point, maybe either a counterpoint or a, a balancing point between the two and you kind of play off those dynamics, however they may lie. But it was one of those where I just realized, like, I can't commit to the recording schedule in addition to trying to do this show, which is my thing. And still try to find time to have a job and work and then find time with my wife. And I remember going to like you guys and just being like, look, I don't want to I don't want to be done. But like, here's how I can make this work. And when it was kind of expressed, like that, it's not how we're doing it. And it was like, all right, well then, then I'm gone. I got to go. And 
you and I kind of came to the same conclusion here where you were like, it's just really tough for me because like I'm doing this. I, I have work. I have kids. I I'm, I'm trying to find the balance myself. Like you were about like about a month removed from when I was like, I think I got to be done with discography discussion. And then you came to be kind of the same thing. You're like, I think I need to leave brutally speaking for like the same fucking reason. I was like, dude, yeah, I get it. Like, dude, I was, I was there like a month ago. And I think it was so interesting to see you and I basically come to the same conclusions where it's like, yes, we love doing this. Yes. This fulfills a a part of us as people, as individuals that, you know, we don't get from anything else. I know I'll at least speak for, for myself. And I know it's something like Dewey and I talk about quite a bit where it's like, if I don't do this for like a week, man, I feel so fucking lost. Cause I'm like, this is almost like my therapy, like talking to people about something, you know, an, an idea I have or something bigger that just ends up, you know, coming across in the conversation. And to me, it was one of those where I was like, I'm not willing to give up my marriage over like a podcast. I'm not willing to lose my marriage over a recording schedule because we have to talk about a band. I, I honestly don't really care about and it was interesting because the burnout I was getting from doing this the way I was doing it, where it's like, you're talking to such and such band. Okay, I got to listen to the new record. I got to listen to all the old shit. I got to look up every fucking interview. I got to prepare all these questions. And I was fucking burnt out doing that because I'm like, I have to find a way to talk about something that no one else has found a way to talk about. And then I'm basically going on discography discussion and and kind of doing the same thing with bands I really don't give a fuck about because it's like, cool, here's a random Christian undeath metal band from fucking 1994 that I have no I frame of reference for. And it was just one of those things where it was such an interesting learning experience for myself where, you know, and I know I've said this quite a bit, but, it, you know, it would have been so easy for me and I've really applied this to my actual day-to-day life. It would be so easy for me to go into something I don't like and just be like, fuck it, shit on it, shit on it, shit on it, be negative. But it actually takes more to look at something you may not like and go, okay, how can I talk about this in a positive way? What are the positives that I can spin out of this? So I'm not shitting on something that I know means something to somebody And I feel like when you, oddly, discography discussion allowed me to look at life through that same prism where I'm like, okay, you like blank. Oh, my God, I would love to shit on you for liking blank. But you know what? Really, what is the point? What is it going to do? How is it going to add value to my life? It's not. So you know what? Like whatever the fuck you like, dude. If, If you love it, cool. I don't care. It has no bearing on my life. And I'd rather you be happy and we can go on to something else and, and, and share in mutual happiness than to me be shitting on all over something that you love for no fucking reason other than I'm just a curmudgeon. And to me, it was so interesting to, to walk away from discography discussion and this show with you and come to realize I value my marriage and I value my personal relationships more than I would rather run shit into the fucking ground and be miserable and that I've learned to let people exist in a way that brings happiness to them instead of being a fucking bully for no reason. Um, I'm going to get real deep with you here in just a minute whenever I refill my water. But, uh, yeah. 
I gotta re- replenish my anger fluid. <laughs> gotta replenish my yeah. That's why he quit drinking. Now he doesn't hate music anymore. It's so <laughs> weird how that happens. And then there was just me. I think I'm silverish enough now to actually drink the drink I made. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's so strong. Ooh. I also don't even know if I can drink that. Oh, yeah. Third, third, uh, third quarter, four minutes, down by four. Come on, Russell. Get me some points. Get it in there. You got it. Oh, horseshit. That was another touchdown. You motherfucker. I was saying he's down because he was caught it. He had contact on him. Uh, yeah, I guess. Actually, he was down. On the one. Ball never crossed the plane. All right. What you playing? I'm watching the football game. Oh, I thought you were playing a video game. Not at all. No, I uh, fantasy football, and everyone used to joke. Last season, everyone joked about how Bridge and I were really terrible. Oh, oh shit, that's a fumble. Oh, that's a touchback. Um, and everyone was like, oh, you, like to the point where someone that was running the league was like, oh, you guys, people said they didn't want you back because you guys were garbage. And even when I was doing the draft this past Monday, everyone was like, oh, you're taking a defense in the eighth round? Like, you guys, you're stupid. Well, as of right now, I am leading the entire 14 person league in points. Uh, so apparently I don't suck that bad. Uh, <laughs> but we also have side bets on where the person who wins uh, top top points for the week gets like 10 bucks. So it was like a $50 buy in for like 18 weeks. Um, so at this point, if I win, I get like a fourth of my money back. <sighs> so in the spirit of in Gambling? the spirit of just being <laughs> no, but in the spirit of just being real. Yeah, actually, say that again so I can cut that back in correctly. Okay. So in the spirit of, like, being real about Mm -hmm. this and about discography discussion and why I left and all that, I mean, it's really – when that podcast started, it was just sort of a – I was driving down to a buddy's house to check on him every week because he was going through a hard time. And we ended up sort of – carving out what would become you know the podcast and it was it seemed so cool at the time let's talk about music that we like by bands that we like and talk about all their records because like we're super nerds right you know there's a meme that i used to share all the time where you know somebody would be like hey what are you into and then the person says music and then the people are like oh cool music's cool and then they go no really i you don't understand you know, and so it was always that sort of level of nerddom, you know, with music, like very intense, like I've got real feelings and, and real things associated with these albums. And there's going to be times where I'm going to say things about them and I'm going to make comparisons about them that are not your usual like rock and metal podcast. Like some some of my favorite things to say, like sometimes I couldn't like articulate things. So I'd be all like, you know, if a band, you know, put a record out that was not as like intense as the one before it, I would say that like the first record is a glass of water and the second record is that glass of water poured out all over the floor. 
you know what I mean? Like, like that sort of, so it's like, yeah, it still has the same contents, but it's not as whatever. Um, I developed this sort of, I don't want to say unique, but I, I developed a very different type of way I reviewed music and a way that I sort of described things. That's why I think those early episodes of discography discussion are so interesting because it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more like I am now on the new podcast. And not as much about, you know, like I freaked out about Megadeth Risk on like episode seven because I was like, you know, I was a kid and all my friends said Megadeth kicked ass and, and I wanted to experience that myself. So I went to the I went to the store and I bought a cassette tape. I bought the newest Megadeth album, which was called Risk, and I put it in and I was like, this is not, you know, so like sort of interweaving those personal stories and those those sort of anecdotes and stuff in versus like a metal podcast because like what do other metal podcasts sound like um hey how's it going brother we're back in here you know talking we're in the metal zone uh this here's pete and uh you know this one's christ demolisher you know and uh <laughs> we're talking about uh we're gonna talk about we're gonna we're gonna rank every morbid angel record now this one was so brutal it was yada 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 right like we sort of made fun of that to a degree as well, like there were times that I would act like that in a very obviously like this is so unpleasable stupid. Unpleasable metal fan. Unpleasable metal fan, right? Like like a lot of those like characters and little skits and stuff that we did, like all that stuff was like super fun and it was pure and it was from the imagination. And so there's not some part of me that's like, oh, like, and th- this is the hardest part to navigate whenever I'm trying to explain to people like why I quit and um you know some of it is private but like the the more public side of it is just that like once i had run out of stuff that i wanted to talk about or that i had any real kind of passion for you know your your favorite podcaster or your favorite twitch streamer or your favorite youtuber or whatever the reason you started watching them or listening to them in the first place was because they had a very strong passion about something that maybe you were also passionate about and that passion sort of you sort of related to that, right? Like you, you fed into it, you know, and you, you became a part of it. It was almost like you and this person that you don't know, uh, are, are sort of sharing. You're finding some, you're finding stuff out about each other. Uh, and it's a really cool sort of, you know, and in the form of like comment or, or emails or reaching out and, you know, feedback or whatever you sort of, it becomes sort of like a two way sort of transaction. But one of the one of the things that I struggled with is once once the podcast started becoming moderately successful is where it became a do or die. See, at first it starts as this fun thing that you want to do with your friends, but then it becomes something that you are expected to do because there's a lot of people on it. Um, there's an NF song where he starts off. He's like he's like arguing with his fear. You know, and his fears embodied, like as a separate person, and uh, you know, one of the things he's like, he's he's like, you know, uh, he's like, I, he's like, I'm not in the mood for this. We got a record, we've got a record to drop, and uh, this ain't how it used to be. We got a lot of people watching, you know, like, and so just sort of put that pressure on something that you're supposed to be doing because you like it. But the more successful it gets, and then like money starts rolling in from Patreon you know, and, and you're getting emails from people all the time and you're enjoying the things that are successful about doing a podcast. I mean, we, we reached a level that I never dreamed that we would reach, 
you know, we, with what we were doing. And, um, you know, we didn't really ever get big heads about it. It was actually sort of the opposite in that we were kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, I can't believe people are doing this. But then, like, at the same time, we're like, well, we got to make it sound better. We got to make it sound more professional. And, it, you know, when I was talking about that two-way sort of transactional relationship between a creator and and fans or listeners, um, we became very open to, like, well, tell us what your favorite bands are and, you know, starting those conversations. But then we'd start running into these weird situations where I didn't like the band that they suggested, you know, but then it was like, okay, part of this transactional relationship is the reason you guys like hearing me talk is because I'm always honest with you about, about whether I like something like I'm always going to shoot straight about that sort of stuff. Right. Um, but then, you know, it's kind of like what you said, John, where it's like, I got. I did get to a point where I would listen to bands and like every time we would do like a sleazy like '80s hair metal band or something, which was something that I just something that I wasn't into at all, <laughs> you know, like not even a little bit. But I would like. I remember I'd be like DMing you and I'd be like, "Hey man, uh, yeah, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of an '80s metal fan, you know." So like I'm listening to all the bands that were like out that year and and trying to sort of make comparisons and all that. But what I didn't like about that, because I think a lot of people say, well, that's a positive thing. You were trying to find good things and good qualities or whatever. But at the same time, it's also not really being honest. Yeah. Y you know, um, yeah, I wasn't lying and be like, oh, yeah, dude, I've been listening to Motley Crue forever. I used to drive around in the car <laughs> listening to Motley Crue all the time. You know, like, like no, obviously not, you know. Um, but it is one of those, like, feeling like you always have to say something even if you don't have anything to say really starts catching up with you after a while because like i remember making the band list um it's real inside baseball uh yeah i would sit down and make the band list at the beginning of the year for every band we were going to talk about on discography discussion that year and um and a lot of it was like listeners suggested you know especially towards the last year but i remember making the list and and sort of calling joe and being like hey man i like I, I'm kind of like almost out of bands. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna make this list next year. You know, like we'll we'll just get through it by the skin of our teeth. You know, and it's not that there's not thousands of bands out there to listen to, but like you sort of have to start strategically picking stuff to talk about because. Yeah, you could talk about any other little band, you know. I can I mean, dude, I've got a never-ending supply of uh as John put it, Christian undeath bands from 1994. I got tons of them. Uh but at that point we're thinking a little bit more in terms of like, well, you know, we did X amount of downloads last month and the ones that got the most downloads were the more popular bands. But there's only so many popular bands to talk about so we would sprinkle in like more underground bands like you know to sort of keep it on the level and keep it honest but it, it did that did start becoming a factor after a while and this is just me because I was making a lot of those decisions myself uh, on like what bands do I think would be good to talk about and, uh, and, and all this to get the most amount of like downloads and stuff and honestly like as soon as I started thinking like that I should have just quit like straight up but again, it's not like it used to be. We got a lot of people watching, you know, and there there is a certain expectation. And I'm also the type of personality that will sort of carry that expectation on myself, 
you know, where I like maybe even people aren't necessarily saying, oh, we need you to do this. But in my head, I just sort of expect that that's what they're saying or that's what they're thinking. And so it just got it just got to be too much, you know, and and sort of to what you were saying about the about the, um, you know, John, I think you were like, what, the fourth co-host on discography discussion, the the fir- the fourth uh, third guy, you know. I know Jeff was definitely before me. I know you had technically you had Chris. I think you had someone else sort of before me that didn't we had out more than a couple episodes. We had uh let's see, we had Josh at first was before Jeff. Yep. And then Josh left because the recording schedule was too intense. And that was all the way back then. You know, and yeah. it's kinda like at that time you're like, okay, different strokes are different folks. I get that not everybody's like me and, and wants to sit down and listen to this. And <laughs> I had a I had a job where I could listen to music all day while I was working. So that was fine. So Josh left because of the recording schedule. Jeff uh Jeff was on the podcast for the longest time. He was the longest run. I think he's the most recognizable uh third co-host that we had. But eventually the sched- recording schedule and the amount of listening. I mean, I remember him calling me like upset because he's like I got to do all this stuff with my family this week, and I just made my kids listen to like fifteen Opeth records or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, and they didn't want it, but I needed to get it in. But then I feel like I'm not really paying attention to them, and but I'm not really paying attention to the music either. So like, you know, there's going to be times where I'm either going to be silent or I'm going to have to phone in what I'm saying, you know. And of course, I'm like, no, 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 don't phone it in, you know. Yeah. That's the last thing we need is somebody to phone it in, you know? And then, so then, like, you get to, um, let's see, so we had Jeff, and then right after Jeff, we had Chris. So we're almost at, like, five now. We had yeah. Josh, Jeff, Chris, David Van Zant, who also was like, dude, life is just, I have to live my life, and I can't just do this all the time. And, you know, I was like, yeah, dude, totally get it, totally understand. You know, I wasn't paying anybody to be right. on the show. So, like, you can't really be mad, you know, even though there were times that I was mad irrationally, you know. Irrationally, I, I would be all like, well, whatever, man. Like, how many how many grandmas do you have? How many of them are going to die? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, and it's just it's a really it's a really garbage way to do things, but – you know, I remember thinking those things and being like, "How hard is it to listen to a band?" And yada 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 yada. Well, it turns out it's it's actually really hard because then you come on, John, and you, you know you're on for a while, and then like it becomes the same thing where it's like, "This is insane what we're what we're basically making ourselves do," and it's it's an unreasonable ask. It's an unreasonable ask to be like, "Hey, let's." Let's put your entire life on hold. And, and you know, I had sort of a bad attitude anyway because, like, anytime anybody would come to me with anything, you know, be like, oh, I really can't make it. Or I'd be like, okay, well, you think you can make it this time, next time? Or can we reschedule? Or can we do this and this and this? You know, but it was like, in my head, I'm also thinking, like, yeah, okay, go ahead and tell the guy that has four kids and a full-time job and two podcasts um, that you don't have time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I had a really bad attitude about it. But what I really should have the elephant in the room in that is like, why are you a guy that has four kids that has a full-time job and you're, and you're doing two full podcasts? And like it was more than just the podcast too, especially towards the end there. Um, I started Twitch streaming relatively full-time uh, because we were trying to – I was trying to find some way to like exist – yeah, you know, that sort of planted the seed where it's like I like talking to people. 
about stuff that I care about. So like I want to always keep doing that, even if even if discography discussion isn't the thing that I do that on anymore. So that was that was kind of the seed. It's like even almost like two years ago where I was like, well, I'm going to start Twitch streaming, and you know maybe I can just sort of keep doing what I'm doing with that. And then I got into doing like YouTube videos and being like, well, that's this is another avenue that I can explore. So it's like, but you add all that stuff up, you end up with two podcasts, a, a, a full time Twitch stream, streaming schedule. And then also making YouTube videos, which is an insane new level of work, you know, and at the same, well, three podcasts technically, because I was doing Discuss Metal also, which was, I was like reach, I was basically doing what John does with Brutally Speaking, in addition to doing Brutally Speaking, and in addition (laughs) to doing discography discussion, and in addition to doing Twitch streaming, and so on and so forth. And it got, and then with discography discussion, we started doing Discuss Metal Live in the last year. So that that's a live stream. We did a monthly Patreon hangout with the fans. And it was one of those things where, oh my God, I'm literally working two and a half full-time jobs. And like my family is suffering for it. You know, whether whether they're saying it or not. You know, my wife has always been incredibly supportive of me doing this stuff, you know, a lot of conversations that I've had with people that are just like, oh, I can't believe she lets you do all that, you know, but like, you know, as Jeff and I talked about in the contortionist episode, uh, I reached a point, you know, back in like 2015 where I wanted to kill myself like straight up, like, and I ended up having to go to the hospital over it. And I've talked about it before, so I won't get into all the nitty gritty, but like, what that really boiled down to was a lot of that was money related. But the other part of it was that I'd always been like a very musical person. I'd been a guy that had been in bands forever. And, uh, as you guys all know, I have a guy that has a lot to say about things, but no, no, no real outlet for it other than just like telling people that aren't interested, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like sort of, sort of forcing that on people. And, um, so the idea of a podcast and doing the podcast, it did initially have a very, very big boost to my mental health and it was a big boost to my confidence and, um, you know, cause it feels good to be the guy that people go to when they want an opinion on something or when they, they want advice on something like that feels good, you know, that you're, that you're valued that much by another person that they'd want to hear what you have to say. And then a podcast is that times, however many listeners you have, Right. And so that part of it is like that part of it was always great. The interaction with other people, the the talking, uh the D, you know the DMs late at night and the emails and the 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 Discord server and the just all the talking and and back and forth. I just I loved all that stuff because it it reinforced the fact that what I was doing was real and that people were actually people were actually it, like affected by it in some way. But once you get that burned out and you start realizing that, like, I, this isn't actually my full-time job. Like, I'm not I'm not getting paid to be Discussed Metal Dan. Right. You know, um, like, yeah, we made some money on, like, Patreon and stuff. But, like, it wasn't like I could just quit my job and then just be Discussed Metal Dan full-time. But I already was being Discussed Metal Dan full-time. And it was just, it didn't, the equation stopped making sense after a while. And it yeah. really wasn't until I took a month off that I realized because I, I basically told myself at the end of this month if I still want to do this, I'll still do it, you know, full hog. But if at the end of it, if I don't want to do this, like if it becomes too overwhelming, 
and what happened. Uh, I came back and I did, you know, we had to do catch up episodes because people that were supposed to show up and do episodes with Joe while I wasn't there, like either didn't show up or they had to reschedule or, or something like that. And then, so it's like, well, we've got these episodes that, that need to get done so that we can keep the release schedule going at the right time. But it's like, I need you to do, so you got to do these two episodes tonight. And then tomorrow night, we got to do the live stream. And then the night after that, we have to do the, uh, and then after the night after that, we have to do, um, Patreon, Patreon hangout. And then the night after that, we have to do you know, the next set of cycle. That's the only way that we can get caught up. Yeah. Like ma- mathematically. And it was just like, this is exactly like, like you come back from vacation. It's like, kind of like going to work or taking a vacation from work. And they're like, Hey, I hope you enjoyed your vacation. By the way, we saved all your work up for you and we need it done by tomorrow. You know, and so it was like realizing that, like, wait a minute, I didn't get hired to do a podcast. <laughs> you know, like I, I decided that I wanted to do one. Yeah. Uh, so I decided that I wanted to do something else. It's is as brass tax as it is. Like I, I like talking to people. I like talking about <laughs> records. One of the things about discography discussion that killed me is there's bands obviously that we talked about on that show that I loved. Like absolutely loved, you know, Zao, Hope's Fall, you know, Norma Jean, you know, like a lot of those bands that I was just, I was just nutso over. But it was like once we did an episode on that band, it was almost like in a way, it's like they're dead to me. Yeah. After doing the episode, because I, now I have to move on and and do this other stuff, and I can't, you know, and I got, I got, I got, I got a couple of more Zao episodes in there, right? I got a couple of more, like I got to revisit certain bands sometimes, yeah. but it was so like, it all had to be like fine plan, planned out in a way that made sense. And I just, I just didn't love that because I wanted to just continue talking about the things that I love because that's what my driving force was. So like with this new podcast, that's basically what it is where it's like, I'm not going to only just talk about the same bands over and over and over again. But we're going to kind of slow down and we're going to kind of take our time and we're going to talk about like what is, you know, and yes, I actually mean we because I'm not doing it alone. I'm, you know, I'm doing episodes with you, with Buddy, with Jeff, with Rance, with Mike, with everybody, you know, with the whole cast, <laughs> you know, and I think that like this is sort of my way of continuing to do the thing that boosts my mental health, but also like in a more upfront in a more genuine way. <clears throat> you know, it's been interesting in seeing how you've kind of tackled the new podcast, you know, like the, the, excuse me, the crux of it being rediscovering, you know, music, rediscovering your love of something, rediscover, like, you know, the, the through line is always rediscovery, basically. Having kind of, I'll, I'll call it a breakup, um, you know, you put in six years into something, you know, you leave it, uh, you know, I feel like that's a breakup. It's a breakup of relationships of, you know, the time you, you, you invested into the show, into personal relationships with people um, associated with the show and so forth. But, you know, I'm kind of thinking, what are some other rediscoveries you've come to find in your personal life as a result of doing the show? 
you know, with, with your marriage, with your kids, you know, I'll kind of, I guess, preface it by bringing up something and, you know, Dewey's kind of a through line of the show. Cause it's someone that we mutually talk to all the time. You know, he, he just kind of put out, uh, with the chat he did with, uh, Justin from tool. And it's, it's something I know he talks to me quite about it, quite a bit about, you know, cause we're both roughly about six years into doing each of our shows. You know, he just celebrated episode 300. I'm fast approaching 400. And, you know, something he's kind of talked about was, you know, he, he always kind of viewed the show as, you know, this like radio show, like, cause you know, his dad was on the radio. So he kind of looked at it as this lasting thing that his kids will get to hear their dad have these conversations and get to have like, know more about him as a person. And I think that is really an interesting perspective on podcasting is, you know, those that love us potentially being able to hear us without thinking about them in any way, shape or form and getting to really hear a true version of ourselves. But, you know, I know with him going to therapy, something he's kind of wrestled with is more of hearing or more of the thought of what if my kids listen to this and all they think of this is all the time my dad didn't spend with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we kind of hit on that in the last episode that I dropped, uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, you know, it's joking that my kids think that everything that I do on my computer is a podcast, you know, (laughs) like, it's funny, but it's also like kind of sad. Yeah. If I'm sitting at my computer, like playing doom or something, my kid will come up and be like, Hey, uh, are you live? I know, I know you're doing a podcast right now, but, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm just playing doom. What's up? You know, (laughs) like, like it's, it's, so like some of the, the, the whole rediscovery thing, um, I'm still working on a lot of the family stuff. Um, my family, obviously like they're not, they're not like traumatized or anything, but like my, my, my time in discography discussion or anything. Um, I think I, I want to say that I sort of got out before that became the case, you know? Um, and that's, that's that really, um, uh, what I do for a, for a living is I'm a, I'm a, a medical technician. So one of the biggest things that we do is preventative maintenance, mm. right? And, uh, what preventative maintenance is, is exactly what it sounds like. You're, you're, you're going to address a potential problem before it becomes a problem. And so what I've done in these last six months or so has been a lot of sort of personal preventative maintenance. You know, um, I quit drinking, which, you know, maybe it seems a little weird with me being on this show. Um, But it was one of those like, you know, but that was also something, you know, that's not a slam on brutally speaking. I know the show is much more than just talking about beer and stuff, you know, but I think that like, one of the one of the things that I was sort of known for for a long time was drinking. We would drink constantly while we were recording uh, this show and on discography discussion. Just I mean, all the time, just juiced, you know. Uh, and I actually think that a lot of the reason that I did that was because I had a lot of self confidence issues with with recording myself, recording my voice. Like I've been doing it since I was a kid or whatever, but like sort of having that knowledge that like there is an audience and that I'm afraid I'm going to say something stupid. But like if you drink enough, like you don't care whether you say something stupid or not, or it doesn't sound stupid to you. It might a few days later when you're listening to it back. Right. But like, you know, at the time it's all good. And with discography discussion was the same thing. We always had like a stocked fridge, you know, full of alcohol and, um, and especially like after COVID, it sort of went into a little bit of a dark place where like 
yes, I was still socially drinking because like very rarely would I just sit there and drink like by myself. Right. You know, like while I'm just playing video games or watching movies or hanging out with the fam or whatever. But um when I was doing a podcast, that was kind of like being at a party. Right? Cuz it is like your friends are there and you're chatting, and you're talking about the cool issues of the day, right? And uh and so you're cracking open a cold one with the boys, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically one night was one of my lower points where you and I had did like a, a four like a four hour conversation with Brock Lindau. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember exactly what I was drinking. I was drinking a uh, I was drinking in uh, incarnation IPA uh, from four hands uh, here in St. Louis. And I drank an entire six pack. These are like eight percent beers. I drank a whole six pack, but by the time the six pack was gone, it was like two hours and thirty minutes, right? Uh, and so I just cracked open another six pack and drank like three or more of them. And I remember like telling Brock, I was like, "Hey man, thanks for a really good chat. You know, good times. La 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 la. You know." And then I hung up for the night, and then just like immediately like puked into a trash can, like just a, like oh god, you know, like like it was just it was just bad. And like I was like, dude, this is. I don't know why I keep doing this because, like, at that point, it was, dude, it was like two in the morning. I had to be up at work at like five thirty the next day. Like, so it's like three hours and like being that drunk and like being like just you could just imagine how I felt the next morning. <clears throat> and it would be probably, it would probably be another year before I actually like took the step to be like, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. You know, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop it because. Again, it was like sort of a form of preventative maintenance of like uh, if I'm going to get to this point, then I need to stop because it's not really like in a best case scenario, it's costing me money. Yeah. Uh, You know, in a worst case scenario, like I'm an alcoholic or something. And uh, I must not have been, though, because I didn't really have any like problems with drinking after I had decided to stop. You know, uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a chemical. I like I've dealt with chemical addictions. Like it, it's not really. It wasn't the same thing for that. But so that was preventative maintenance, and then, and then weight loss, dude. Like that was the biggest rediscovery. Was rediscovering that oh my god, I'm a human being, and in order to continue being a living human being, you know, I stopping drinking was helpful. Number one, huge calorie reduction right there. Uh, but also just like right down to like eating better food and like taking better care of myself and like washing my clothes and and actually like caring about anything other than recording podcasts, you know, um, and that because it really does sort of become scrappy. It's very much we make this comparison all the time, but it's very much like being in a band. Like your your entire your entire identity is so wrapped up in the thing that you're doing that it's um it eventually becomes unsustainable and you you sort of only focus in everything dude so many times i was sitting at work and i knew i had like a really cool interview coming up you know either on this show or on on discuss metal and i'd be really i'd be singularly focused in on that to the point where literally everything that i did that day was a distraction keeping me away from the thing that i it was not a distraction it was an obstacle 
an obstacle keeping, you know, work. Oh God, I got to be at work for seven more hours, <laughs> you know, before I can go. But, but like, it's not like that because whenever I get home from work, I, I have to like make dinner for everybody and then get everybody in bed and then read the kids bedtime stories. And again, like the second that you're spending time with your family becomes an obstacle. You need to quit whatever it is you're doing. Cause you're on the wrong side of it. Right. You, you know, you're, you're a hundred percent on the wrong side of it. So like, the rediscovery of like really enjoying time with my kids and you know just the other day man like me and me and me and my son sat there and played uh THG turtles. turtles yeah the arcade game and dude he was absolutely floored because i literally was just like hey bud you want to like play ninja turtles on the tv and he was just like he was kind of like wait what and I was like, yeah, just play some turtles, you know. You be, I'll be Donatello, you be Leonardo, you know. Like we'll just, we'll we'll, we'll put that foot, we'll put the Foot Clan back in their place, you know. Like it was, it was, it was good times. And um, and then the next morning we got up. The next the next morning we did it again. Yeah, you know, we played through two games. We played through arcade game and Turtles in Time. Um, the promise this isn't just a commercial for the Ninja Turtles Calabunga <laughs> collection for the Nintendo Switch. But, uh, <laughs> I can tell you though that like that meant so much to him mm-hmm. because like there were times where I would like let the kids play video games like while I was doing something on the computer, but they would just play like by themselves and like they would be together, but like, not really be together. And so like we've done, we've done some things that we haven't been able to do in a long time. Like we had a family movie night this past week. Granted we all had COVID, so we didn't really have anywhere else to be, but, um, but even the COVID week was like a massive, like I got to spend a lot more time like with my with my wife and kids and um and you know I'm not going to lie and act like everything's all perfect now and everything's like exactly where it needs to be like I still obviously do extracurricular activity you know like with a podcast and all of that but I I do think that it is it is much more healthy and there is something to it being a little bit more singular like I make my own schedule I decide when I'm going to do things. And again, the nature of the episodes, like those solo episodes, I can record those anytime I want. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, Saturday night between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. <laughs> is the recording time, right? Like uh, with those solo episodes, I mean, I can do those in the middle of the night. Uh, I just recorded one today uh, because, it, you know, I was off work today and my, my wife and kids were all at school. So I, uh, you know, I just sat down and wrote my script and recorded some stuff, and and it's like, oh, cool! It, that doesn't have to come out until next week, you know. So it's like, not really. I'm not really feeling the pressure uh, like I was feeling before, but I'm still able to consistently deliver, and I think that that's because I've reached a little bit more of a healthy balance uh, with things. I think that's that's the thing is finding finding the balance. I mean, like. You know, I, it's weird because it's like I dropped those <laughs> I dropped those eight episodes in like three days, and I was like, oh, it won't be that hard because like I've done most of the most of the podcast now is template based. Like I don't edit this unless there's like a bathroom break or whatever. But beyond that, I don't really edit anything. So it's like okay, like throw that in, record an intro outro. I have a template for the final. Uh, as far as the how the episode's supposed to go, and so it was just like this weird thing, like where it's like it didn't seem like that much work, and then I was in it, and I was like, "Fuck, oh, this is so much work," 
And then like I was like yeah. instantly regretting doing it because I was like, and like the weird thing is, is like no one made me do it. But it made me re- like it kind of made me realize like a few things. Like again, like that's the weird thing about doing the podcast is like you know if if those listening by the time you hear this like haven't gathered like it's such a learning experience. Like you know it's funny. I remember going to like job interviews like years ago when I first started it. Actually, when I was when I was booking shows, so it was even before the podcast. And people would be like, "Oh, you book shows," and I'm like, "Yep." And they're like, "Oh, what do what do you do?" And I'm like, "I, I book shows," and. Everyone just kind of took it as like this thing where they're like, well, we don't want to hire you because you book shows. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because we think it's going to take you away from your job and that you're not going to be focused on this thing. And I was like, you know, it's so weird. We live in this world where, you know, everyone wants the self-motivator, the person that's dedicated, the person that does all these things. I mean – what does it say that I'm willing to have a full-time job and then go work another one where I'm self-motivated. Everything happens because of me. I have to be responsible financially. I have to be responsible for communicating with everyone. Like it is literally the antithesis of what you're looking for in leadership in almost any job you'll ever go to. And I'm doing that as a, a side hustle. And I'm still then showing up in spite of all of the shit I do to work my full-time gig because that's my bread and butter. And it's what makes me my money. And to, to have people be like, Oh, we're not going to hire you because of X, Y, or Z because of this, this other thing you do. It's like, that's fucking stupid. That would be like me being like, Dan, I'm not going to hire you because you have kids and that's, that's a full-time gig and it's going to pull I mean, you away. And, and, and you're married. It's oh happened. man, that's, that's, that's a double whammy. So I really, I just can't afford to hire you on because your priorities aren't in line with the companies. Like that's essentially what it really boils down. It's like, I mean, it's happened. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's also weird because I, I was thinking actually about because I went back and listened to the, the chat you and I did for your show and you were talking about, you know, when when I literally was in a closet talking to, to Mark from Alter Bridge and it's crazy how I've done the same thing. Like I've, I've not I don't want to say I've like obsessed about an interview I'm going to do, but like I definitely have have done things where I'm like. I'm going to my full-time job that's paying all my bills and I'm going, okay, so I'm not going to take my lunch at normal lunchtime. I'm going to move it because I have a 30 minute inter- and I'm not going to take any of my breaks either. I'm going to take a full hour randomly in the middle part of the day so I can talk to blank. Like yeah, the, yeah. the fact that I'm kind of like telling my job, like I'm going to do this because this is more important than, than this job. And I'm not even getting paid to do it. Like, on the one hand, again, it, it just kind of speaks to the the all-in mentality that I think that we have for this thing that we're, we see value in, that we are passionate about, and we want to see succeed, but really also at the detriment of what? My job, my marriage, your relationship with your kids? Like, stop. It's hard, it's, though. It's, it's honestly not. It, it is worth that to a degree but it's also not worth any losing any of those things at all. Yeah. It's not definitely not worth losing any of it. I think the hardest part of it though, is that like you, I mean, we all want to be successful. Like let's not, let's not like bullshit through that. You know, everybody that, everybody that does something creatively does it because they, okay. That's not, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people that do a creative endeavor do it and they want it to be successful. 
that that's not discounting people that just do it because they enjoy doing it. Like that's totally cool. And I think that like even I started off that way, just enjoying doing it. Um, but part of the enjoyment is like the enjoyment can sometimes be enhanced by the success. But you look at you look at the type of people that make it. Yeah. You know, we're talking we're talking the viral YouTube YouTubers and the viral podcasters and you know, these people that like literally they live the dream and that they do this thing that we all love doing, but they do it and that's their job. Like full time. That's what we all want. But it's almost like we just have to sort of dress for the job that we want in order to get to that level, right? And I think that that's right. that's the hard thing to talk about is like, you know, I've had a lot of friends that you know, we're a little bit put off by like, hey, we want to all hang out this weekend, but it doesn't matter because I'm doing a podcast, and so I'm not going to be there. And and I've had to explain it to people before, like, well, yeah, I'm essentially trading my social life in for this uh, larger-than-life, like, internet thing that I'm doing. But the reason why, you know, we talk about, like, how, how there's, like, thousands of bands forming all the time, right? And really a very, very small percentage of those bands actually ever make it past the local level, right? Um, and what is the what is the deal with, with local bands? Well, we were doing a band, and it was really cool, but then, you know, this guy couldn't make it because he has kids, or this guy couldn't make it because he's this or that or this or that or this or that. And, dude, me a year ago, when I was in the, the like the throes of my of my grind, you know, I would have said, well... You know, the thing you have to understand is in order to be successful, you can't live a life like other people do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what a shitty call that is for me to make. When when the people that are on the line are the people that that, that I care about the most. You know, so like, yeah, I am going to continue to to moonlight and do podcasts and I am going to continue to do things. But the, the biggest rediscovery or the biggest preventative maintenance that I've made has been realizing that, like, I can actually do both. I just have to make – I just have to prioritize things correctly. Uh, and part of that correctness is that, you know, at the end of the day, whether the podcast does well or not does ha doesn't have any effect on whether or not my kids eat. And it doesn't have any effect on how good me and my wife's relationship is. So if those things are important to me, then, and I hate using this term, but if those things are important to me, then I need to man up and I need to show that those things are important to me. It's easy to just say it, right? Because like societally, everybody's going to say that they're, that they're, their their wife and kids and family and home life is the, is really important to them. But I don't think everybody actually believes that. I think they say it because you're supposed to say it, but until you see somebody actually act that out, then it doesn't it doesn't mean anything, you know. Um, talk is extremely cheap, uh, as we found doing free podcasts for how many years, you know. And so, you know, I don't really know what my point is with all that, but it is just to say that, like, there, if I'm going to be if I'm going to be successful, like. I can't be successful the way I want to be successful if I don't take care of myself. And I think that that was sort of the, the big first step for me was there was a point where I was doing all this stuff and I wasn't really taking care of myself. Mm. I was drink I was drinking too much. I was eating too much. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I had sleep apnea. So I was like literally dying while I was trying to rest. Right. 
and like fall, almost falling asleep at stoplights and stuff. Like it was really, it got really, really bad. And the reason it got that bad was because I cared more about this thing that I was doing than I care about myself. Hmm. Right. Because I'm, I'm trying to please another person. Right. Um, I'm trying to please the people that are doing the podcast with me, but I'm also trying to please uh, my employer. And I'm also trying to please my, I'm also trying to make my wife happy. (laughs) And um, I'm trying to do all of these, I'm trying to do all of these things, but I'm putting forth, I'm only really putting forth effort towards the thing that I actually care about. Right. And so in order for me to to take that first step and start caring about other things, the first thing I had to do, and it's selfish, but I had to take care of myself. I had to figure out, like, how do I get healthy? How do I feel better? How do I get rest? How do I, you know, do all these things? And then it turns out that, you know, a couple of months down the road, suddenly I do have the mental capacity to, like, spend time with my family, like, unironically, with no phone and with no, you know, and, and really getting into, like, what's interesting to them and what problems that do they have and what, what, which of those problems can I fix? You know, what, what can I do for them to make their life better and make them feel valued much the same way I started realizing that I also have value and have to be able to, I also have to value myself. And sometimes that means on an evening after everybody's gone to bed, I won't work on a podcast. I'll sit there and play a video game and zone out and have a good time and actually get back to enjoying things. And um, that's what I like about this new podcast is like I kind of just the records that I talk about are really important to me, but they don't require me to like painstakingly research them or to to, to spend all of this time sort of, get you know, absorbing them or whatever. You know, and I told Dewey this uh, at one point, too, that like, you know, what I want to do with this podcast is I want to relate I want to relate these records you know, to events in my life and be able to better explain and more deeply explain why they're so important to me, but without having to reach for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that it, that it be natural and it be open and it be honest and, and not just for entertainment's sake. You know, um, I had one dude straight up say like, hey, I really didn't enjoy this episode because I really didn't care that much about your work history. And it's like, you know what, dude, that's totally fair enough, but that's the only way I honestly felt like I could talk about it. You know, was was within that context. So uh, it's not a defense. It's just that's what I'm doing is not for for you. You know, and that's totally cool. Um, yeah. Now I'm just rambling because I do that. Surprise. <laughs> I think that's the the interesting thing. You know, about doing this show, doing a show in general. You know, we we do this in in. You know, it's the difference about discography discussion between me doing this now is, you know, I do this with somebody else, but by and large, it's it's very, like I said, singular thing. So when I do the intro and all that kind of stuff, I'm literally just staring at a wall that I've been staring at for six years. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it just kind of is a unique thing unto myself. And it's really weird because you put it out and you you put it out because you want your voice to be heard. But then there's this weird thing where people actually listen. And then you have right, people right. actually 
comment on on the things and become vested in in what you're doing and it's weird um you know i think one of the big ones actually i'll say like two of the two of the get actually three i guess three of the three guests i i know when i do them like everyone will find it and comment on it and it's you know the episode any episode i do with andrew from from idola dance gavin dance like those fans find that uh, oh, yeah. and they yeah. will post it every like i had a friend text me the other day they're like oh I don't even follow Dan Scavin on Reddit, but because it this one topic of your episode was commented on, shared, all that kind of shit, upvoted, whatever, however fuck Reddit works, like it popped up and it goes, and literally I saw his thing, because you follow or like Blink-182, here's this. And then he was like, and then I saw a photo of you and, and Andrew talking, and I was just like, oh, what the fuck? And it was crazy to see almost a hundred comments on this thing. And then all the comments I get on my thing and on the YouTube version and so forth. And, you know, anytime I talk to Porter or anytime I talk to uh, Patrick from ice nine, that it's like, there are people who, you know, I'm just talking to these people. Like I would literally, if there were no microphones on because we're, we're friends and that's just, we're literally having conversations like we would when no one's around and no one's listening and it's fucking wild to me to have people be like, oh, my God, I, I I always look forward to these episodes with this person. And I'm like, really? We I don't feel like we really talked about anything. We just bullshitted for two hours or in, in case of like Porter and I like granted only two hours got put on an episode, but six hours. And then like to wake like I felt good about it, but it's like to literally wake up the next day and see on, you know, a discord like people going, I could have watched that for another six hours. And I'm like, really? <laughs> well, let me really? release the long version. No. Well, I, and I mean, like, and you know, they were there engaged the whole time, the whole six hours. And you're just like, really? And it's one of those things where I, I, I think it's because I'm so accustomed to seeing people have such a short attention span. And this is not for like, especially the way I do it now, this is not for people with a short attention span. It's no. it's for those that like the long form that want something that's a slow build. And, you know, like I'll even say with this, it's like, yeah, it's super inside baseball, like probably the first 45 minutes, then about an hour to now. Now we're getting into the real shit. Now we're yeah. kind of like we're, we're kind of hitting a stride. We're hitting a groove. And it's funny because like I had an episode the other day that's coming out soon and it just it was it was okay but it wasn't what the show usually is. And I remember texting a friend and I was just like, I don't know. I haven't had that happen in a while. I was like, dude, I was 20 minutes in and I'm like, should I give up? Oh no. <laughs> and yeah, then I, and then I was just like, I'm going to go the hour. I'm going to at least make it an hour. Like, just like I always do. I'm going to challenge myself. Can I get to an hour? Can I, can I make it interesting? And it becomes sort of this like game within yourself where you're like, okay, I know how to do what I do. And that was the thing is like, I was telling someone, you know, it was kind of tough because like this person just kind of was, you know, it's not that they gave bad answers because I don't I don't think there's bad answers, but like they just gave short answers where I'm used to people talking at length. Once I ask a like, kind of in-depth question, someone goes for five, ten minutes and I had made the comment. I was like, it was kind of weird because. I. It, you know, the person was like, well, maybe, the, you know, they just. I don't know. I, I feel like when I talk to this person, they talk quite a bit. He goes, but like, I don't know. Like we don't really talk about anything. We just kind of talk and catch up. 
And I go, yeah, but like, here's the thing. That's sort of what I'm good at. Like, that's the whole crux of this show is that like within 10, 20 minutes, like, boom, we're, we're in it. We're like, we're relaying things to one another. We're talking about things that maybe you, you wouldn't just say to anybody. So it's kind of my thing. And the fact that, you know, I'm 25, 30 minutes in going like, Ooh, this is rough. <laughs> like, I was kind of bummed that like, I didn't feel like I was doing my job. And then even in that, I've been thinking about since that conversation where I'm just like, not everyone is going to just open themselves up. Like that's, that's also, I don't want to say it's a gift, but it, I think it really honestly is. I think it's, it's really a gift when someone is willing to be open and honest with themselves and with you on record and explore things that maybe you don't really want to talk about because it's, it's real and it's raw and it's vulnerable and not everyone wants to be that way, especially in a public format. So the fact that you and I, and a lot of people are able to do that and get that out of people. Like it's crazy. Cause I, I've been struggling for a long time with, with Porter and a handful of other people going like what you do is like, you got a gift. And I'm like, talking to people is not a gift, but they're like, but getting people to open up to you is like, and I still don't necessarily think that it is. I think it still boils down to communication and just actually doing your half of what this is. But I'm starting to understand that there is something, there is an intangible of getting people to relay honest, sincere emotions to those to hear and know that it's out there. And, you know, kind of, again, bringing it back to like your conversation with Jeff, like, I feel like that was one of those where it's like that might, and I'm not saying Jeff isn't someone that opens himself up, but that might honestly be the most honest and raw I've ever heard Jeff be. And I don't think anyone could have got him out. I got him into that place other than you. Yeah, I mean, Jeff was the problem is is that like Jeff is actually always like that more so than yeah. I am. <laughs> you know, Jeff is Jeff is actually a lot like you, John, in that like it does not take very long for him to be like, okay, cool, so let's like actually talk about stuff. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like not just the just not just the formalities of <laughs> podcasting one hundred and one. My bad. <laughs> Actually, no. So this is embarrassing, but hilarious. So that I, that was my fault. So I've got this. I've got this thing on my phone called a tile, uh-huh. because I am the best at hiding my phone. The uh-huh. best. So it's like a little Bluetooth thing. I click it. if I double click it, it'll tell me where my phone is, and vice versa. It'll help me find my keys. Yep. I just shifted in my chair and pressed that button. <laughs> so it wasn't my phone ringing. So uh, see, see, podcasting one on one. My phone was on silent, but uh, it, it there's no silencing that. That's like, oh my god, I have to find my phone. <laughs> um, no, yeah, with Jeff being that, or Jeff has always been that way. Like if you go back and listen to the um, to the contortionist episode that we did for discography discussion, uh, it was that way. It was kind of like, I mean. In a lot of ways, that contortionist episode we did for the Dungeon Podcast was sort of a like a redux of what we had tried to do on the discography discussion. But per some of the things that we talked about earlier, it's like, well, 
we can't sit there and talk about just language for an hour. We have to, you know, <laughs> we have to talk about the two records that came before it, and and you know, so that was yeah, like like it was it was that same sort of sort of dealio, you know, <laughs> and I really really loved having. I loved being able to have that conversation with Jeff exactly the way I wanted it, mm. you know, exactly curated to where we would, we would sort of pick up and expand on the things that we had sort of only, that we'd sort of only hinted at, you know, on, on the, on the discography discussion one. Cause that was actually that, that contortionist episode that we did. The first one was one of the first times I ever got an email from listeners that were like, yeah, I really, really identified with what you guys said. And, you know, um, it was really great to hear you guys sort of open up and be emotional. Cause like on, on discography discussion, it was hard to do that. And I won't say that we didn't ever do it. We did sometimes, but like, I think it was, it's really hard to make a, a square peg fit into a round hole. Right. So right. when you're, when your podcast is about you giving your opinions on records, a lot of records, you know, along, you know, in, in, in less than two hours is what we tried to keep it at. Um, it, it, people might start kind of wondering, like, why is this guy talking about, like, suicide and depression and, and, and yada, 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 when I just want to hear what he felt, how he felt about the riff that's on track <laughs> number four, you know. And, but it's like, at the same time, I would ask that person, whoever that person is, uh, I would ask them, like, how am I able to talk about music? Like, how am I supposed to tell you how I feel without telling you how I feel? Right? Like, and so with me, too, I think that I, I sort of created this persona of, like, cold technical analysis when that's not really how I consume music. The reason I'm into extreme music at all is because I'm very I'm a very emotional person and I feel those emotions and I identify with them, which is why I, which is why I trash like tough guy bands. I don't like I don't like posturing. I don't I don't like like fake in your face like tough guy stuff. So like, why do I like music that's like screamed and growled or whatever it is? Because it's like such an uncomfortable human emotion and an uncomfortable human experience that is very relatable. We all have that sort of primal scream inside of us, you know? And so like, I, I always like really, really, really identified with that. But then like, I'm also doing this podcast where I'm going to like tell you whether it's good or it isn't good. And I'll tell you right now, I listen to a lot of bands that are objectively not quote unquote good. <laughs> you know, like you can, you can, you can follow me on, uh, on last.fm if anybody still does that and see the stuff that I listen to. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll notice if you're a discography discussion fan, you'll notice that there's bands in my, in my playlist that like, I did not say good things about on discography discussion, you know, but like for whatever reason, I liked that song or I liked that album or, or, or whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the reason is, you know, all that really matters is, is why, like all that really, really matters is how that record makes me feel and how it fits overall into the soundtrack of my life. And that's sort of what I'm, 
that's sort of what I'm doing with with those solo episodes is it being like literally my favorite thing. And I'm sorry, this is not me just trying to pimp my new show, but like my favorite thing that I do on there that we didn't do on discography discussion is the musical like interludes. And they're not interludes. Like at first I just put music in the background because that's what we did on discography discussion. And I just assumed that people are used to hearing my voice with a backtrack, you know, going, <laughs> going behind it. Like that's, it started off simple like that. But when I was doing the, uh, at the drive-in episode with rants, uh, and we were talking specifically about the song Cosmonaut by at the drive-in. And I just, I really, I, I described verbally like what I loved about that song, but how there was like a very specific moment in that song that, that really just, I, that I love and it's, it's what I'm there for. And I just faded in exactly that part of the song uninterrupted so that everybody could hear exactly what I was talking about. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, number one, it was a huge victory for just figuring out how to do that with, like, the editor and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, it, it's all very, new, all still very new for me. Uh, so I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so cool. I can't believe I did that. You get another episode into the Norma Jean episode, and I'm like, and then I, bam, I put the CD in the car, and then boom, you're hearing it. Like, exactly as I heard it, you know. Um, or and, and sometimes, like, I'm getting a little bit more artsy with it where, like, uh, it might the lyrics of the song and the snippet that I play actually directly relate to what I just said or like that sort of thing. Um, and I think that that type of connection, I think it's really cool and it might actually be like way too obvious for like some people like that are probably smarter than I am. But like me, it's like really double down. Like I can't, I can't get over how cool and relatable it is. And that's the type of, that's the type of caring and the type of passion that I have sort of rediscovered about music. You know, because, like, dude, the darkest question that I asked myself, you know, probably two or three months ago was, like, dude, do I even like this music anymore? Do I actually, like, am I ever, like, happy? You know, um, my buddy Mike Tygo, he hit me up. Uh, he works with me, and he, he was, like, he was watching me he was watching me listen to, like, some Deicide albums while I was, like, at my desk at work. And... um and I was listening to him like all day and he was all like, why are you just listening to this? Why don't you just put on something? I was like, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I have to listen to this. And he was just like, he's like, I, I know. He's like, but like maybe like break it up in chunks. And I was like, well, we're recording two bands this week or, or whatever, you know, like we're recording two different bands. So like, I, I already listened to the other band, but I didn't have enough time to listen to this band, and this band has the most albums, and I, I have to get through it because I need to have something to say about each one of them, and yada, 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 yada. And he's like, do you even like it? And I'm like, it's death metal, man. Like, it's fine. Like, I like the sound of death metal, but it doesn't necessarily matter what band it is, like, if I'm being honest. And, um... You sound like a Rick you know, and Morty episode. <laughs> it really, I mean, it really was. It doesn't matter, Morty. It's okay. Okay, it doesn't matter what band it is. Okay, they all they all sound the same. They all play blast beats and they growl like Cookie Monster. Okay, all right, Morty, we gotta go. But like, but that's what it was. But I mean that that's really what it was like, and it was just very very telling that like suddenly this thing that I started doing because I was so passionate about it, like I'm just a husk doing it now. <laughs> You know, because like I, I have literally found a way to suck all of the enjoyment out of it. You know, because uh, like Ian Malcolm said in in Jurassic Park, it's like yeah, you, you know, you, you spend so much time. You know, first thing first thing you do is like, you know, you discover something really great, then you want to you want to put a sticker on it, you want to package it, and you want to put it on lunch boxes, you want to sell it, you want to sell it, you want to sell it. You know, like 
that inspiration runs out. 100%. I think it's honestly, I think that's actually no, I take that back because I don't want to discredit going to therapy uh, for the, the change in that a lot of myself. Because um, I think it's that severely discredits the work that I put in. And uh, speaking of, I don't, I don't even know. I feel like I should talk about this because it obviously mental health is something that sort of has, and therapy has become a crux on the show, I guess, to for lack of a better term. Yeah. But, but I was going to say like, it's interesting because I don't think I've ever really told this with being able to have your perspective thrown in. Um, it's funny what the show has become. You saw the impetus, you saw literally the impetus of going to therapy and everything like changing for me. And it's so wild because like, and I'll kind of parlay it into something a little bit different too, to kind of make it a little bit headier. Um, you know, you had talked about, and even my wife, I know my wife asked me this. I know a lot of people asked me this after meeting you and everyone's like, you've never met him. Was it weird? I was like, no, <laughs> like we, we do this. We see each other. We know each other's games. We like, other than literally being an astral body next to each other, like, right. You know, other than existing literally next to each other, we know who each other are and we communicate every day, but it was interesting. Cause like, I think at that point it was, it was right at the tail end of, of your time on the show. And it was, the, and it's funny cause it just kind of was the, the anniversary of all this. I've honestly really been thinking about this a lot is, you know, it was the Capitol riots. It was the day the Capitol riots were happening. <laughs> and I remember just like, I'm not a really political person, but I remember just being really disappointed in our country, really disappointed in people um, as someone who lives in Michigan. And like a month before this basically all happened here in, in Michigan at the Lansing Capitol riots. And I felt like we were the, the beginning of we can do this and just, you know, no one cares because no repercussions were really suffered as a result of it. I remember just getting like so pissed and upset uh, seeing this shit on my TV and just be like, man, what the fuck has the world come to? Like, it's just really sad. It, I mean, just like, again, not political at all, but just from a people perspective, it's really fucking sad to see this is what we become. And it's just on display uh, on every news channel. And I remember someone reaching out to me um, that, you know, was is friends of mine on social media as much as some people can be. And it's not discrediting that person at all. Um, it just is, it's really why this was so shocking and, and kind of why I kind of got really quick. But we were supposed to record some podcast episodes that night. This person reaches out to me. They're just kind of small talking it up. And I, because of the riots happening on TV and just my uh, mental state of just being upset and, and mad. I remember just being like, why, why the fuck are you messaging me? Like, you don't ever message me. Like, get to the fucking point. What, what's up? And then I remember them saying, like, they're going to kill themselves. And this is maybe a week after I just had to go to my uncle's funeral. And like a week, or that was two weeks after I think my uncle's funeral. And like a week after finding out that a friend of mine had passed away, a close friend had passed away, like not even a few days before that. So I'm just like not mentally in a good pace. I haven't like dealt with anything. And I just remember being like, why the fuck does everyone come to me to dump all their emotional baggage onto? Like I have nowhere to put it. Like I'm done. I have, I, my tank is filled. And I remember coming to you and I, and like, 
I went and helped this person as best as I could, but like I just the burden of it was so fucking heavy. Actually, it's funny because it it was it was the Andrew episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Just remembering that now, as I talk about mental health, I was like, "Fuck!" I think it was the Andrew episode that we couldn't put out. Um, and I just remember, like, you were like, "What's up? Why are you late?" And then I told yeah, you, like, yeah. I told you this whole story, and then I was like, <sighs> crying. Like, I was like, "I dude, I can't deal with it. Like, something's got to change. I got to go see a therapist or something. Like, I, I literally can't do this anymore." And then tears in my eyes, I hit record and we recorded, I think three episode intro outros and I will chat. I give anyone 50 bucks right now. I'll give you a three month window. I don't think you can find the episodes where I literally had been crying minutes before we hit record. Yeah. And then I remember telling you that's also a problem. If I can just slip into that or I can just, because I'm on a podcast because it's expected of me because it's what, you can't be upset. You can't be bummed out. You have to be jovial and happy and excited. And you, you, you have to put on this front for people. Like you said, you're kind of pandering a makeshift version of yourself. The, the, who you people think you are versus who you actually are. And I knew that that was not okay. I needed to change things. And obviously I went to therapy and that was some shit that I needed to deal with. And it's crazy because I feel like, like, you know, how you, you, where you are now with DFT's dungeon, I feel like because of kind of hitting that breaking point yourself, I, I think that's kind of the thing is fortunately, I think we have a good support system. I think we are very aware of things and when things are not okay with ourselves. Um, but I think it took kind of that breaking point of being a fake version of ourselves and, and presenting versus being. And to me, I feel like once we both kind of hit that point and we're able to get through and work through those things, I think that's where now we have found our true voices. I think we found our success. And I think this is kind of the beginning of both of us on a new journey within something that means something to us and allows us to have a voice. But now we get to use our true authentic voices uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean that's uh i i couldn't have said that better um i said that high as fuck by the way (laughs) it it may be very obvious (laughs) no i mean it it's it's true though i mean there is a i definitely feel healthier and i remember i remember those episodes too and yeah it was kind of kind of weird especially from my perspective where it's like well dude if you're because i think there was a few times too where i was just like dude if you can't handle this tonight then we don't have to do it tonight you know or and you're, you're just like no no we gotta get you know and it's exactly what i would have told you if you if mm-hmm. it had been reversed i'd have been like no we gotta get it done you yep. know like dude that that whole concept of you gotta get it done this is top priority you know like that that mindset is so unbelievably toxic <laughs> you know and it, it's um like yes, obviously, like you, you make goals, you accomplish them. But like, dude, I was even nervous whenever I told people I was going on a podcast break for a month. <laughs> like, do you remember that? I was like, yeah, because like, you were like, like, who am I? Yeah, I was like, re- yeah, a hundred percent. And I was like, I was like, it's weird because there's there's this sort of expectation. But then I remember just being like, maybe I can just tell people the truth and it'll be okay. 
You know what I mean? Like it wasn't some big scandal. I literally just made this post where I was like, the reality is, guys, I've been listening to entire band's discographies for, you know, um, a long time, you know, for five years and I need I need a break, you know, and I need to I need to sort of regroup or mentally reset, you know, um, you know, I need to I need to figure out like what I'm doing here or whatever, you know, and I was like, I will be back. And then like, I came, it's funny that, that I had that break and I did have that moment of mental clarity, but I didn't immediately act on it. Right. Which is, which is more like telling, you know, like I sort of got through the episodes, dude, I listened to every cradle of filth album, like with a burst eardrum just to get it done. Yeah top priority and people love that episode they're always oh, great you know because again like discuss metal dan totally doing fine but but dan terry you know the guy under the mask is is not is not doing well and right. has not and has not been doing well for for a long time but you don't you don't know it you don't see it you know uh one of the most com one of the one of the most common comments i got when i announced that i was leaving the show was uh Dude, I don't know. We we were just hanging out with you on Patreon hangout the other night and nothing seemed off at all. And I'm like, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the problem though. You know, and obviously like it's not you know, I'm not gonna sit there and, and air dirty laundry or unnecessarily burden people with my problems, you know. But yeah. it is it is one of those like, you know, it was part of, of taking care of myself was was drawing that line in the sand and not being able to go back with it, you know, like it, even even the the idea of doing an explanation episode is the first episode of the Dungeon Podcast of just like, hey, this is why, in case you were wondering. Um, even that, I was like real back and forth on because I was like, I don't necessarily know if anybody cares why, but I guess if they do care why, um, you know, they'll they'll have it, you know, they'll have this, and you know that's also part of the reason why i didn't get into like a whole bunch of like really personal nitty gritty details about everything because i didn't want to set myself up in a situation where i could take it back it right. was kind of a it was kind of a burn the boats you know sort of mentality where it was like you know i basically just talking about like how the show as it existed when i left it was unsustainable uh for for really any longer than it had been sustainable and that even if I had continued for a longer time that it would have just gotten worse and worse and eventually we would have started looking at big drop-offs in quality and then big drop-offs in in performance and, and things like that and I didn't want the show I didn't want the show to stop in because like you know or I guess like a more accurate way to say it because I think I think in some capacity the show is continuing but um but as far as as far as my part in it um you know, I didn't want it to get to that point. I didn't want it to just putter out and, and just like slowly die over time because the inspiration just wasn't there. So I was like, you know, while I'm still sort of in the thick of it, like, why not just, uh, why not just draw that line in the sand? And if people, you know, ask me if I'm going to come back or whatever, uh, I was very careful to try to explain that, like, this is, I'm not going to go back and this is why, you know. I know, as I said at the time, uh, it was really interesting to see how you traversed it. And I think speaks to more of A, the character of you. B, I think uh, something that I, I wish more people would do, which is just have character as a whole, morals. And understand that you can 
walk away from something, you can speak your side of things and you don't have to bury the other person, the other side. You don't have to belittle the experience as a whole that you can look at it through the, the, a positive lens. Um, but it was, it's interesting to, to, I guess, kind of sort of wrap it up because it kind of encapsulates like a little bit of everything we've been saying. I think it just is interesting that people who started something just to, to, to talk and kind of have their voice be heard to, to no one really in, in the beginning, um, to have so many people that have found what we say and taken it to heart and to care is, is wild. You know, I mean, we, we started this journey roughly around the same time, you know, we're, we're, I think you're about five, five and a half years in something like that. Yeah. I think we started back in 20, uh, at the end of 2016. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I got like, yeah, I think I got like a month or two on you, but Math, it's a, yeah. yeah, but it was just one of those things that it's crazy, you know, to be almost six years into the journey. And I mean, neither one of us would have started this. Like we wouldn't have, I, I probably wouldn't have gone to St. Louis for any reason. Yeah. Uh, you uh we wouldn't have done this like some of the conversations and and memories that we've built upon doing this i mean the howard jones thing will always be funny to me i don't oh, i know right any anytime i listen to anything with howard in it podcast music whatever i always just kind of laugh and i'm like i wonder if dan can hear this <laughs> yeah and you know yeah it's really weird every time somebody says howard jones everything just my headphones go blank it's just, <laughs> i did get to talk to him though you know uh, yeah. i i did uh ask that one question that you had already asked but you know here's the thing i didn't i didn't hear that i didn't hear that you asked it so yeah. <laughs> so here but we are yeah, but it's uh it's crazy to uh to look back and just kind of think of like the people that we've met like the, the like i said just really the the memories and the, st- the funny stories i think like you know having spoiler hopefully by the time this comes out the chat you'll have done on pure pleasure will be out but you know it made me laugh when you were like so here's john he has cds i want and then he's just hits up mark from this band that has a bus and is like hey i'm gonna be in detroit i'm gonna bring you these cds right can you just put them on your tour bus and tour with them for a couple of days until i meet this dude that used to be on my podcast that i've never met and give them to him (laughs) and it's like i i and it's funny because i remember sitting in here and i was like i don't want to ship these it's like 50 fucking dollars and we're literally going there in like a few days like if only there was a way that like i could just (laughs) And then, like, it dawned on me, and then I was like, fuck, the tour bus. And I was like, I mean, they're not that large. You can put them under, like, a fucking anything. You can put them under the bus. Like, who gives a fuck? And it's, well, like, nothing uh, more. They've got they've got extra storage, man. They, they do. They've they got, have two, they've they have got, two buses. They've, it's buses. deluxe. It's deluxe. But it was just so, so funny, funny, too, because Mark was just standing there for, like, an uncomfortable <laughs> amount of time, and then I, like, look at him, and he looks at me, and I was like... Those are my those are my boxes. <laughs> he was just like he was like, oh cool, you know, just like. And then he's like, here you can take them because they're actually heavy because they are filled to the brim with CDs. Yeah, but it was just so funny like to hear that that thing, and I was just like, it's funny that like again, I don't, I don't know, I don't think that much of it. Like I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? But then to hear it from someone else's perspective, it is just like, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. And to know that literally, like I, I just texted Mark the other day because we we're. I always end up texting about dumb shit, but I sent him a thing. I was looking for something completely different and I found my old book, like notepads. And one of the pages that the notebook fell out to was the chat. The first time I met Mark and it was like, Mark, 
Vole Lunga, da, 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 and I wrote different ways to pronounce it because I wasn't sure, and I wrote make sure to ask. And then it was like, Dan, the bass player, also the guy who made the scorpion tail. <laughs> like <laughs> it was just so funny to see how I'm trying to like, okay, I really don't know these guys. Like I need my cues of like who does what. And then I sent a picture of it to Mark and I was like, this is where like our friendship literally started was through me writing questions. Cause I didn't know who like you had been sprung on me. So last minute. Right. And, right. and now like the, and it's weird to kind of think, you know, bigger picture on shit. Like now that I've been thinking about like these kind of concepts of like things don't happen, uh, just randomly they happen for a reason, but it's like Mark only joined because he thought the whole show was talking about beer. And he was like, Oh, I'm the beer expert in the band. So we tagged along with Dan. Then we talked about founders, then got into the thing that we did. And then it's like, afterward, like we just followed each other on socials, found out we do like beer. That was our mutual thing. And then it's like, now I have like one of my like good friends through doing this. And it's just fucking crazy to be like, all right, you and I have a weird story because of a dude I met doing this. Right. I met because I did this and you did, you know, discography discussion. It's just, it's weird to, to think about how all these things are interconnected and how I'll at least say for on my end, like I feel like my life would be so much more emptier if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't met like yourself and so many other people, like, you know, honestly, like, you know, kind of the name of the show being brutally honest about shit and brutally speaking, like, like, you know, I just told a story about how you were there for me when I really didn't have anybody. Um, or I didn't feel like I had anybody and like, I know you and I have talked about real shit, um, between the two of us, um, that goes beyond podcasting, but just being as people and being, you know, friends and so forth. And it's, uh, it's just crazy to, to think that, you know, how far these things have come, how far we've come as people. And, and honestly, I, like I said, I said it on your show. I've said it to you personally, um, I really love what you're doing with the show. And I think, like I said, it's you finally have gotten to the place where I was about a year and a half, year and a half ago ish, where it's like, now you get to be you and you get to be the you that like, I think everyone has seen and has known there to be, but you know that you're that person and you're confident in who you are. And now everyone else gets to see it and gets to hear these like awesome stories and gets to find out why so many of us like, like you Start squirting uh, tears, motherfucker. I need some views. Sorry, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me uh yeah, let me let me let me dig deep down. No. Um no, I mean I, I appreciate it, man. I really do. And I, I think that there is limitless potential with this medium. Yeah. And I wanna I really wanna start exploring that. You know? And and figuring out like how we can how we can make better connections, how we can have better conversations, how we can you know I want to I want to see I want to see how far we can take it you know from a you know even from a storytelling so crazy man a year ago I would not have said like oh yeah I'm a storyteller you know there's never even part of my resume and yeah, now you literally and, would always say music reviewer music reviewer yeah yeah or music critic. music critic. <laughs> or whatever, and like now it's more of just like a yeah, guys. Uh, I really love outer space, which is why I like this band. You know, <laughs> like it's and it's you know it's it's so oh, it's so fun to make those connections. Um, and yeah, so I can't wait. Um, 
I'll, I'll spoil it, even though it'll probably be out by the time this episode comes out. Um, the next episode that I'm doing is going to be about a death metal up, a death metal album, which is funny because I haven't really gone that route yet uh, with <laughs> this new show. So it should be interesting to see how that uh, translates. So for all you guys that are out there worried that like, okay, so Discuss Metal Dan is dead, but now we've got Discuss Post Hardcore Dan, you know, like. And, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's. I'm really excited to do that one. It's going to be way different than than what I've done before, um, and then, well, it'll be kind of the same, but also kind of different. <laughs> Look, just listen and judge for yourself, okay? <laughs> where uh, where can everyone find you or whatever you would like to plug online? Oh, geez, um, let's see. Where am I at online these days? I can literally uh, see you scrolling in the background. <laughs> www. I'm like, I'm like, what are my socials? Yeah. No. Okay. So, facebook.com slash DFT Dungeon. Uh, you can follow me on there. You can also um, follow me on your favorite podcasting app. Just type in DFT's Dungeon. I should come up. I, I, I spent a whole bunch of hours uh, doing that. Uh, like making sure that that all <laughs> that that all works, and then um, let's see. Um, yo, Gabber Media. I didn't even mention that that my show is he hosted. Didn't. My my show is hosted by Gabber Media, uh, which is also the home of one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Roach Coach Podcast. So it is absolutely an honor to uh, to be hosted in the same house as them. You guys should all come check out the Gabber Media swimming pool, the hot tub, the massage parlor. It's, uh, it's a very prestigious club to be part of and uh, I, I couldn't be happier with that. But uh, you know, the place that I hang out the most, as John can attest to, is my Discord server. I have a Discord server for DFT Dungeon. If you go to one of my socials, you can there's a there's a like an invite that'll invite you to the Discord server. So just come in and be nice and bring your meme game and uh, and we'll have uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So uh, oh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter too at DFT nine thousand. That's right. And then Instagram uh, DFT Dungeon. See, I have all these things. I just uh, I'm really bad at social media. I'm trying to get better at it. That's why I actually have people sometimes that post for me because I'm very bad at it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I need to get so those. you guys can send me an email if you want to reach out directly at dftdungeon at gmail.com and, you know, rate, review, and subscribe and all that good shit. <laughs> well, thanks for, for taking the uh, two and a half hours and, and bullshitting. Anytime for you, John. Anytime for you. So that was my conversation with Daniel Terry. Um, it's it's always fun to do these. Um, I feel like we could have gone on much longer, and I think that's that's kind of the the, the hard part of <laughs> having a conversation with someone that you talk to almost every day is knowing when it has to when when the the podcast version of it has to be done. Um, sometimes I do wish that we would keep recording <laughs> the things we talk about. Uh, when we stop, uh, it's almost at times, I feel like it's almost like that, the old tagline for the real world. Like when people stop being polite and start getting real, I feel like at times that's sort of what the podcast is. Like when you've been talking for an hour, two hours, whatever, with someone that you talk to all the time, it's funny that you still have something left, uh, to, to continue to talk about. And I think we ended up talking for like another hour or maybe hour and a half when we were done with this. And it just, it's one of those things to me, I find those moments, uh, the moments when we're not doing the thing for people, for consumption, for, for content. 
and it's literally just the two of us. Uh, and we're, we're talking about our marriages. We're talking about, um, you know, real life uh, between two adult, two dudes who honestly <laughs> have only met each other once. Um, but honestly, it feels like a, a friendship and a relationship that has, has spanned decades at this point. Um, and I feel like it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, there's an episode of the podcast that's not out and, and it was one of my favorite moments of the show because it was a real turning point. I think for both of us, where we realized that the, the thing here that you're listening to now, the intros, these outros can be, be more than just bullshit, um, that they can have real substance. They can be something that really fucking matters and you can say something that really matters. Um, unfortunately we weren't able to put that episode out. It exists and eventually it will see the light of day. But it is one of those where I feel like I, when I constantly think about this show and, and what it is and, and how much of myself am I willing to put out there, it's one of those things where I remember how that made me feel, how that made us feel. And I feel like that was really a turning point for the both of us in in being able to be real with each other. And there's a lot. There's a lot that we have shared. Um, I don't know if I've really... I don't know if I've really ever, sh I, I think I have shared it on the podcast. I mean, there's so much that I do talk about on here that I, I forget what I have and haven't actually said on record. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, Dan was there for me when I had like, I feel like I was at my lowest, you know, I had someone call and uh, basically say that, you know, they were going to kill themselves or whatever. And, and I remember just not knowing what to do with that. And I remember getting on with Dan to do one of these and I just fucking lost it. And I remember just like looking at him watching me essentially. Cause it's, it's, you know, video screens and so forth. And I remember just being like, man, like why the fuck does this dude care? Like he doesn't want to hear this shit. Like he's got his own problems. And I remember him just being like, dude, if you don't want to do this, like we don't have to, like we don't have to do this. And it was one of the first times I realized like, we are as stupid as it sounds to say that those, this is really the defining moment of realizing this, that it's like, I am a person and it's like, yes, I do this show. I do these things and people know me because of this, this thing you're listening to, but I am a fucking person on the other side of this and life happens to me. Life happens to us and it's okay to not have to clock in and do the thing that you're, you're think you have to. Um, that you can take the time you need to to not be a fucking robot for a for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, whatever to deal with your shit. And that was literally the impetus of uh, me deciding the very next day uh, to start therapy to seek that out, um, and it has been game changer for me. And you know, I. I thank Dan for that real moment of, of kind of giving me the realization that like just coming on and doing this uh, doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to do this. And I think that's the thing that, you know, Dan came to the same realization, you know, maybe about a year or so later than me is that, you know, if you're not happy with something, if you're not happy with who you are, or what's going on, or you're dealing with something, it is okay to walk away and to, figure something out and, and find a way to make yourself happy. Cause at the end of the day, if you can't make yourself happy, no one else can. And that has been the fun thing of DFT's dungeon, uh, is 
literally hearing someone in real time um, finding themselves rediscovering things that they love and sharing the stories of why they love those things with all of us. Um, I wish more people could find that way to to be so open and honest uh, and share positivity with each other, uh, even in the negatives, even in the in the, in the down times, uh, as you know, the Dan did with the Norma Jean episode. Uh, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and butterflies; it was real life shit. But it's in that where that's kind of the beauty of the new format of the show is is it allows him to share stories of of personal triumphs, tragedies, and everything with some of your favorite albums as a soundtrack to these things. And I think we can all relate to that. Um, I'm going to start wrapping this episode up. Uh, I blabbed on long enough. If you would like to keep up with Dan, you can find him on Facebook, uh, just DFT dungeon. Uh, it's all in the show notes. The show notes for the Facebook page are actually kind of wonky. I don't think he actually <laughs> made it uh, a specific thing at this point. Maybe he will. Uh, if you'd like to follow him on Instagram, DFT Dungeon, Twitter at DFT9000, or you can just simply find the podcast over at gabbermedia.com slash DFT dash dungeon. Um, and that'll keep you up with everything going on with the podcast. Um, it's been really, like I said, really great to see someone that I admire so much uh, doing something that they are passionate about and finding a new way to be uh, inspired. Um, Dan's doing so many things that I think are great uh, on a personal level that it's just great to see it. So, so go support the friends. That's what we do here. We support. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with the podcast, simple enough, Brutally Speak Pod everywhere. If you would like to email me, speaking at gmail.com, and would like to thank our sponsors for continually supporting the show. Support them if you are able to. Bean Bastard, go to thebeanbastard.com, pick up some delicious coffee, on-point pomade, keep your beard and hair looking on point. The holidays are right around the corner, so I know you don't want to look like a scrub. Go use our code BSP15 at checkout. Take 15% off your total purchase order. Last but not least, Rockabilia. Go to rockabilia.com. They have over 500,000 items in their online store. I promise you with the holidays around the corner, you're going to want something. Cold? Maybe you want a hoodie or a jacket. Maybe you want to get a gift for your, your loved one. A candle? Uh, I think they had a Slayer candle at one point. Maybe you want that to remind you of how terrible that band was and just burn it all away. Uh <laughs> Uh, but either way, go to rockabilly.com, use our code brutally at checkout, take 10% off your total purchase order. And, uh, for the brutally speaking podcast, I am John. Join me next time where I talk with Evan Phelps of Holy Fawn. Uh, they put out a great new record and that one was interesting. We had some technical difficulties throughout, uh, but ultimately ended up being a really great chat. Looking forward to having you all hear it and I will see you all then.